This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to Hunting Seasons, the podcast that dares to binge watch, deep dive and break down a season of television each and every episode. I'm Broderick Gordis. I'm Damask Leary. And today we'll be discussing American Gods Season 2. Damask Leary, how are you today? I'm pretty good. I finally got my placement for teaching, so I know where I'm going. Hey, that's exciting. Is it shitting you, myself? Do you get any say at all in that? Like, do you get to like nominate where you want to go? Or? I mean, I only nominated that I didn't want to go to a Catholic high school Good call. for obvious reasons. <laughs> sure. Um, for our international listeners, Google that as to why I wouldn't want to do that. Yep. Um, but yeah, so that was my only request. I was like, please don't make me go there because I don't want to be in the closet at work. Yeah. That's a pretty fucked up thing. Um, but yes, no, so I've got it. I'm very nervous. I haven't been sleeping. <laughs> oh, wow. When do you start? Um, like, fuck, like a week. Okay. okay. A week and a bit. Yeah. What is it you're most nervous about? Like, are you can, is there stuff you got to prepare I'm, for? Or? I'm nervous about looking nervous. Okay. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. So I think I'm, I might have to like go back on the old Lexapro and just calm down Fair a little enough. bit. Yeah. Um, sorry to just drill you on this. Dan. No. You brought it up though. I'm very interested. Go so. On placement, what are you expected to do? You don't just run a class, right? Like So yeah, I'll have like I'll have a mentor teacher and right. like induction and all that stuff and like introduce introduce to like kind of like the school community there. Yep. But it's for a month, so yes, I will be teaching. Right. Yeah. <laughs> At some point though. It's not like day one. It's like, here you go, go teach science. Well, it really depends. Oh, okay. Yeah. So not on day one, I would assume, because I wouldn't have any lesson plans or anything. But yep. I think pretty early on I will be okay. Yeah. And do you know, theoretically, what you would be teaching? No, I have no idea. It could be... I mean, my two methods are English and media. Okay. So, I'm hoping it'll be one of the other. (laughs) I hope you get media. I hope it's media first. Mm. You'd be perfect for that. I'd love that. (laughs) I mean, that's the dream. And you got no idea what year level? No. Obviously, high school, but other than that, no. That's exciting. <laughs> I, I understand that nervousness when I, I'm a chiropractor, when I'm not doing this, the podcast thing. And what you have to do in your final two years is do um, what we call student clinic, where essentially mm. you just had to be a chiropractor. P- patients that come in and you'd have to chiropract. You'd have to do your examinations and do your history taking and, and then treat. And um, yeah, fucking nerve-wracking at first. And then you realize, oh, I can do this. Yeah. And it starts to be not just good but fun and like, you know. Yeah. It's I know it's just like the first like two weeks totally. that I got to get it through. Yeah. So, I think I'm just going to, you know, get some meditation techniques sure. down. 
um, some, yeah, breathing techniques to just get through it. And does that mean, if you have a mentor teacher, does that mean there's always someone in the room with you? Always, always. I can, I can never be left alone with a, with students. So I always find this is, this, this is a two-pronged thing, right? It's like good to know you have that safety net. Oh shit! Someone sitting there judging audience. me the entire yeah. time. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. That's always the thing when you had our yeah. clinicians in the room uh, with us. Honestly, like, if oh. I think if I was left in a room with thirty teenagers, you'd be fine. I think I'd be fine. Yeah, yeah. It's actually the adult yeah. in the corner. Totally. <laughs> sure. <laughs> the judgment. Yeah. Whereas, like, teens can judge me. I don't care because I'm quicker than they are, and I can. I think I could shut that down pretty quickly. I but, think so as well. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see how we go. I love that your job is like crowd control already to some yeah. degree. Like, you're already good at this. You yeah. can, yeah. Um, what about you? What's going on with you? I've been a little bit sick, actually. Oh. So, um, if I... There's a couple of little coughs in the background, stuff like that. I'll try and keep it out of the mic. Apologies, listeners. I've been under That's the right. weather. When we watched Game of Thrones together and your voice sounded very funny. Yeah, I'm it's glad we're recording Kermity, actually. now yeah. <laughs> compared to Monday when we watched Game of Thrones. Um... I did want to say as well, I'm sure you're going to be a fantastic teacher. I already know that you're a great YouTuber, though. I wanted to bring up Love is a Lie, oh. episode five, episode six. What was that? Good segue, Ben. Thank you. <laughs> it's episode five, yeah. And what was it about again? It's about Leap Year, starring Amy Adams and Matthew Good. And mm. uh, I this has a new format. It does. Which I adore. Oh, good, good. I, uh, I showed it to my girlfriend the other day. I was like, oh, can you just watch it and... Give me some notes. Yeah. She didn't have any notes, which is good. Oh, that's good. And, and she she certainly would be honest. Excellent. <laughs> so. I've, I've watched it and, and um, friends of ours have watched it and have all loved it. And, excellent. Uh, I think excellent. it's excellent. And you should too, listener. Mm-hmm. Go check out Love is a Lie on the Hunting Seasons YouTube page mm-hmm. um, and you'll be able to find a Masculine's episode there. Also want to bring up yes. this right now is our 99th episode <gasps> proper of the podcast. Oh, my goodness. There have been a couple of like extra little things in between, but this is our 99th episode, meaning that in a mm. fortnight when we are back, it will be our 100th episode of I Hunting Seasons. I hope you Seasons. bought me a present. Uh, yeah, I'll, there's will be some surprises, definitely. <gasps> we should get cool jackets. Good idea, Like we're in yeah. a gang or something. That's, yeah, definitely. That'd be sweet. Let's get tattoos. Hunting oh, seasons sure. tattoos. Oh God! Yeah, Live can... on air while we're podcasting <laughs> in the background. Oh, that makes for some good audio. Yes, <laughs> that would be. We could live stream that, mm. like put on Twitch as we're getting tattooed and doing the podcast. You're actually selling me no, on actually, the idea. I'm <laughs> saying it as a joke and then thinking that well, would that sounds be pretty sick. interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we have this episode. There will be a couple of little surprises there. Nothing massive, but just expect some things, some different things. I did want to put it out there that anybody who's listening, um, new listeners, old listeners, whatever, maybe this is a good time to do a little bit of a Q&A if you have any Ooh. burning questions for Damascus and myself. If you submit them between the release of this podcast and when we record the 100th episode, I guarantee, assuming they're appropriate, that we will answer them mm. on air. So, uh, there you go. that's my Live promise to you. Live from the tattoo parlor. <laughs> and if we don't bring it up next episode, you know nobody asked a question. <laughs> oh, hey. I'm going to send us some questions. <laughs> Please. All right, let's get into it. Off topic, hot topic. Uh, that's whatever you were talking about for you. Off topic, hot topic is our news and views segment. We get to talk about the headlines of the TV world and dis- discuss the stuff we've been watching that isn't our featured season of television. 
If you'd like to contribute a topic or story to Off Topic Hot Topic, you can do so by emailing us at contact at huntingseasonspodcast.com, tweeting us at huntingscast, or messaging us on Instagram at huntingseasonspodcast. Uh, speaking of listener questions, we actually mm. got a wonderful email. Um, we put out at the end of our Cora Season 4 episode, we sort of asked the question, is it possible that maybe... Us making this podcast, people have watched or um, Avatar or Korra for the first time. Did we, we say that? We uh, we just put it out there. We wondered huh. if that was possible and we said... We mused, if, did we? Yeah, and mm. if there are listeners who have done that, they should reach out to us. Oh, I have no memory of this. And one. as such, <laughs> we received this email from Becky from That's Richmond. That's why she emailed. Virginia, okay. USA, yes. Appreciate it. And the email goes from Becky. Hi, long-time listener, and by that I mean I've been... Binging your podcast since December. First time emailer. I just finished your last core episode. I'm about to go to sleep, but I heard your call. And before I went to sleep, I had to respond to let you know that, yes, I finally watched Avatar and Korra because of you guys. My boyfriend and several friends have been getting on me to watch it for years, but I was foolish and dismissed it. I found your podcast and loved you guys. And I got to the point where I'd run out of episodes for shows that I had watched. So I finally watched Korra and Avatar. I now own the complete... Avatar slash Korra box set on Blu-ray, and I adore both shows. I also adore Dragon Prince. Thank you guys for yeah. your podcast and for making me watch these wonderful shows. Your loyal listener, Becky. Thank you so much, Becky. I My favourite part in that email is knowing that my opinion means more than her boyfriend's. <laughs> yeah, right. Makes me feel very Suck on powerful. That, Becky's boyfriend and <laughs> That's friends. That's right, you. We are uh, the ones who go to watch it, not you. That's mm. it. <laughs> No, he might be. He could be a possible listener. Don't turn him off. Um, no, that's really <laughs> lovely. That makes me very, very, very happy. And yes, she loves the Dragon Prince because it's fucking awesome. And if you're out there, haven't listened or haven't watched it yet, do it. Uh, there was a PS to her <gasps> email as well. I should say, as also, thank you, Becky, for your wonderful email. Mm. You, other people, you can get thanked as well. Just email us. Yeah, um, but you have to email us like all praise. All praise. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> We would never. Actually, we did bring up that one criticism that one time. Oh, the guy who couldn't find our email. That's right. Even though we mention it in every fucking podcast. Correct. Yeah, that guy. Correct. My mortal enemy. Mm. <laughs> Dave was it? I can't remember. I can't remember his name. Uh, I refuse to remember his name. <laughs> no. Uh, uh, she put it as a PS. Uh, PS, have you guys watched Santa Clarita Diet on Netflix? It is sadly cancelled now, but the three existing seasons are perfection hilarious easy to watch amazing characters strong women and supportive males who are more than happy to have the women take the lead also one of the most hilarious shows i've ever seen would love you guys to review it it needs more love very easy watch so that was the first piece of head of news for headlines for off topic on topic netflix has cancelled the santa clarita diet mm. have you watched any of that i watched the first episode first episode saw potential other things got in the way yeah it's it's the world we live in right yeah. pick tv <laughs> Trying to keep up at all is pretty difficult. Yeah. I saw when it was cancelled, saw that go up online, a lot of prey or a lot of disappointed people, obviously, that it mm. was cancelled and a lot of praise for that show. And then Becky's email. It does make me want to watch. Don't know when I'm going to have the time if I'm being 100% honest. Mm. But maybe something now that we're sort of having these fortnightly episodes, there's bit more space yeah, bit to more maybe time. watch other things. Maybe it won't be a featured review, but maybe we'll talk about an off-topic hot topic one day. Well, I mean, apparently you've got time to watch stuff if you're sick. Because what did, what did you watch while you were sick, Brod? We'll get to that when no, we get to that. On. We're still in headlines. All right. You're getting ahead of it. Fuck. Uh, some other quick headlines. We'll get through this quickly. Series orders for Bat Batwoman. That's the one with Ruby Rose in it. Ugh. You're looking forward to that, Damask? You know how I feel about Ruby Rose. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, Katie Keene, which is a Riverdale spinoff. Uh, Nancy mm. Drew series, apparently based, it's like she's just graduated high school sort of thing, so it's sort of aged up Nancy Drew. Okay. Um, Three Busy Debras, which is an Amy Poehler produced show, comedy, I believe. Consider me interested. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Sunnyside, which is the Mike Schur produced, Cal Penn created and starring comedy, which we've also talked about. It was Given a pilot, it's mm. now been given a full season order. I like those two dudes, so mm. interested as well. Absolutely. Uh, in other news, Mindhunter Season 2 is going to premiere on Netflix in August. No mm-hmm. exact date yet, but that is definitely coming. We cool. need to watch Season 1. You've watched I, Season 1, haven't you? I have, yeah. I have not. Um, this one I wanted to bring up quickly, because I just thought it was really mm. interesting from a TV point of view and a Netflix point of view. This is something new. Did you hear about this? Netflix has cut the extended version uh, Quentin Tarantino's The Hateful Eight into a four-part miniseries. What? So The Hateful Eight. <laughs> yeah. Do, do you, have you seen that movie? Yeah. I've tried to watch it, and I would try to you watch it at like home it. on a bad day, and I just didn't get into it. And I was like, I'll come back to it. I would like to watch it properly. Mm-hmm. They have already have the theatrical version on Netflix. Mm-hmm. They have since got there was an extended version. He was going around doing like the seventy mil print version. It was a bit longer and had intermission and stuff like that in it. And um, that version has been recut by Tarantino himself mm-hmm. and put on Netflix as an alternate version of the movie, but it's split into it's made into a mini series of four fifty-minute episodes. Well, let's be honest, Tarantino fans love an event, don't they? Oh, they just love something a little special that the- they can be like, "Have you seen this?" They love to, and that's I'm, I'm sure they're gold berserkers over it. I'm, I mean, I'm sure that sounds cool. It kind of, as someone who hasn't watched it yet, <laughs> you're more interested in that. I'm kind of like, oh, if you've just given mm. it to me in what looks like digestible chunks, I'm kind mm-hmm. of like, maybe that's how I will watch it. Yeah. It's made me put it sort of higher on my list to get it done mm. now rather than. Yeah. Just I mean, I'm sure of- every guy with a Pulp Fiction poster <laughs> in his room is now masturbating over the idea. So that's cool. <laughs> well, do you, do you think it's a. Why do you think it's a popular idea? Just because it's an event? Like the idea of taking a movie and making it into a TV miniseries. Um, like, do you see the pros in that? Do you see cons in that? Does does it? Do you care at all? No, I don't care. No, yeah. <laughs> no. I mean, I I like that. You know, a filmmaker has the chance to play around with his yeah. work a little bit and yeah. release it in a different way. I think that's neat. And that's it's cool. That's what that. streaming allows, right? The yeah. movie's still there. It's not gone anywhere, but it allows you another way to present that. Maybe we could see director's cuts of other movies done this. Maybe it doesn't get a straight mm. to DVD release or anything like that, but it gets a streaming release because yeah. it's less, obviously production is different doing it that way. Yeah. Let's not go full George thing. Lucas with it though. No, let's, no, no. Let's no, calm no. the farm when it comes to re-edits. Thank you. I think it's intriguing more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, Netflix is bringing Kimmy Schmidt back. Who thought that could happen? For an interactive special. As in... Is this like that Black Mirror episode? Like the Bandersnatch <gasps> Black Mirror episode. Oh, my God. Okay. I mean, colour me interested. Colour yep. you interested. Did you do Bandersnatch? I did, yeah. what did you think of it? So, I did it as like a group. Um, so, it came out and I was in That's Perth. That's a fun way to do yeah, it. Yeah, I was in Perth at the time and I was staying with my girlfriend at her sister's place. So, it was her sister, her sister's housemate. My girlfriend and me, and we all sat down and watched it because it was all over the internet. Like, oh, we got to do this thing. Yeah. So it was very exciting. Cool. And we had a lot of fun doing it. Cool. And we, I think we did it through twice. Yeah, it was good. That's awesome. That was a really fun way to do it. That's the most positive re- reaction I've seen to that. But doing it as a group sounds like a really good idea. Mm. You know, do it with drinks, move the remote totally. around. We were drunk and we like, yeah, yeah. quick, choose that. No, choose that. It was very good. That sounds really fun. Mm. There are video games that are good like that. You can do that mm. sort of stuff with. And I like the idea of that's how you 
do Bandersnatch. Well, essentially, this is what Kimmy Schmidt's going to do. Apparently, from what I remember from reading, uh, don't quote me on this. Good stuff, Brad. Um, uh, Tina Fey has said it kind of gives people th- um, a way to conclude the series as maybe they would prefer. So, mm. say you didn't like, and I haven't seen all of Kimmy Schmidt. I wonder if, how, like, if that's how Game of Thrones is going to end. What? Oh, imagine if there was an interactive <laughs> ending. That'd be amazing. Um, but yeah. Basically, if say you didn't like some of the way that people's stories ended in Kimmy Schmidt, maybe you have an opportunity to change that now in this extra finale mm-hmm. sort of special episode. I think it's a pretty cool idea, and I like. I'm, I'm interested to see a comedy do it and how that works. Like if, going through it a second time could be way more interesting to see how jokes play out in an alternate run. Mm. Like there's a lot, there's a lot of intrigue there because comedy is such a different beast to just straight drama or intrigue. I mean, I'm I'm fascinated by that. Yeah, I'll I'll definitely watch it. That sounds Mm -hmm. very interesting and cool. Um, I want to quickly just talk about Phil Lord and Chris Miller have signed a big new Sony TV deal, including some Marvel projects. I don't know who those people are. Phil Lord and Chris Miller, the guys behind Cloud with the Chats and Meatballs, 21 Jump Street, the Lego Movie, and Spider-Man to the Spider-Verse, most importantly. Mm Mm-hmm. So, the speculation is here that if these guys who did, I think it was Clone High was their original animated show that people seem to love, um, that they might be doing some sort of Spider-Man or Spider-Verse TV show. Ooh. Which does that... Would you be interested in a Spider-Verse TV show? Yeah, I mean, well, I thought what they did was great and I have no reason to believe that they'll make something bad at this point. So mm. I'll definitely give it a look. Damask. Yes. What have you got for Off Topic Hot Topic? I've got a reality check. Reality check. 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 It's a check of reality. Nice. All right. (laughs) So, four days ago, one of our listeners, um, GJ Corbin. Ooh, yes. Love a bit of GJ. Although it's hard for me to say that. Um, Everyone loves a little GJ. Who doesn't love a little GJ? Um, anyway, GJ wanted me to watch a reality show called Terrace House for re- re- Reality Check. Reality Check. Yeah. Um, and for those that don't know, it's a show about six young Japanese people that all live in a share house and that's it. That is the premise. No games, no nothing. It's just watching six people walk around a lounge room. And it's, but it's not like... It's not like Big Brother where they're trapped in there, is it? It's oh, no, like, they're just living in... They go out, they have jobs. They're all very career-focused. It, it's, it's it's just a place that people live in. Yeah, that's yep. it. <laughs> it's totally normal. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I thought I'd give it a go. So, in between two jobs, uni, and watching eight hours of TV for the podcast, <laughs> I managed to inhale episodes of Terrace House. Boys and Girls in the City, that was the one I watched. Um, At the request, I think GJ suggested... That was the top Well, tier. I didn't actually see that. I was just the first one that oh, came up okay, on Netflix cool. for me. Um, so, I'm glad I watched that iteration because mm. he, he said that one was the best. Anyway, so for those calculating, um, I watched almost 18 hours of this in four days. <laughs> so, what did I think of it? So, Becky, when we don't, <laughs> when we don't watch Santa Clarita Diet, <laughs> I'm sorry. It was really Damask was watching this going. Exactly. Um, so, what did I think of it? Clearly, I loved it. So, if you're interested in watching extremely polite people navigate themselves into some of the most awkward romantic relationships, this is the show for you. That sounds incredible. Yeah, because it was, it was 
when I started watching it, it was a night when I just finished an assignment. Mm-hmm. I was very anxious because I'm like, I've fucking done it wrong. I couldn't. I didn't sleep all night mm-hmm. at all. And so I was just like, I can't sleep. I'll start watching Terrace House. And it was the most comforting thing I've ever watched. Because oh, everyone is so lovely and it's just such low stakes and everyone's so polite and just full of good intentions. It's mm-hmm. re- it really is a beautiful thing. So I watched like a year of these people's lives. You know, is it a full year? I think it's like nine, ten months or something. Because wow, cool. they kept extending it. Oh, right. Um, so, this is a bunch of hormonal 20-somethings living in a house and I saw three kisses. <laughs> the like, entire time. Three kisses. It's very chaste. Um, it's a tad different from like back in the day when you'd watch something like Jersey Shore, which is a similar kind of premise. Like you watch sure. this group of young people living in a house. They still go, they're not trapped. They go out and live their lives and there stuff. There wasn't a lot of Duna dancing. No, you don't see... Um, you know, the main characters have penetrative sex <laughs> in Terrace House, which you would definitely see in Jersey Shore, which was shocking. Um, so, yeah, here we have characters that refuse to hold hands until they're in committed oh relationship. God. It's really beautiful. And can I tell you, GJ, that was a night I was so anxious and that tweet just came at the most perfect time. Because yeah. it just brought me through through the night. It comforted me all night long. and It was just, it was great. I, I woke up feeling like I had a fever. Um <laughs> And I was like, Is, are they speaking Japanese to me? No, it's English. I'm just delusional. <laughs> um, but no, I, I highly recommend it. I thought it was a beautiful thing. The part of this show as well, and I think this is typical, correct me if I'm wrong, of quite a lot of um, like Japanese shows have like panels and stuff like that that watch mm, oh, the show yeah. and comment as well. It's like it's- Gogglebox right. or The People's Couch, I think is what they call it in America, within the show, right. which I loved. I loved that aspect of it. I thought it was so good. It was just a panel of people that were there every episode to just talk well, and just comment like, on it. I was staying up all night and I felt like I was watching it with people. Oh, and right. it was it was really good. And I fell in love with like the panel or whatever you'd call them, like as well. And I got to know their different personalities and the different perspectives on the things they were seeing. Sure. It was very fun. It was very, very fun. And is it I'm also correct in saying I think that the people themselves in the show actually watch the show too. Is that right? Hey. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> hey. We'll hey. leave it there. Yeah. Oh, I note. just want to say to GJ, Arigato gozaimasu. Very nice. Yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> um, I also have a r- r- reality check. Check. So you don't get the good one yet. No, You've got to work up to it. Right. I've got to earn my stripes exactly. here. Exactly. <laughs> so I've been watching what is not one of your sort of like Slice of life reality shows. Mm. One of those like... Yeah, because the Real Housewives are real like down-to-earth people just sure, living their lives. Yeah. yeah. No, more like one of your um, game show reality shows, like your Master Chefs and stuff like oh, okay. that. Okay, yeah. Right? I don't mind any yeah, of those ones. Mm-hmm. I've been watching a series that... Uh, an Australian version of a show called Lego Masters. Have you heard about Lego Masters? No. Okay. Oh, you briefly mentioned the other night, but I had no idea what the fuck you were okay. talking about. Yeah. So, I believe there was a version that originally started in the UK. This is the Australian version. Hosted by Hamish Blake, who is a very f- quite well-known comedian, very famous comedian in Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, and TV personality. TV personality, mm-hmm. radio host, very blah, funny blah, guy. Blah, yeah. um, what it is, is essentially MasterChef, but with Lego, right? So, the idea is that there are, I think there's like eight groups to begin with. Mm-hmm. Eight teams of two who have 
a very big interest in Lego building. Awesome. Good on them. And they are tasked each episode with a different Lego challenge. That's an expensive hobby. Go on. And there is. Yes, it is. And there is Hamish is the host and another guy named Brickman. Love it. Yes. It's his, that's his, it's his, the name he goes by, right? It's that's his, who he is. Yeah. He is Brickman. And mm-hmm. he is the judge of the show. And he's like, he is the only certified Lego master in the Southern Hemisphere. And he hosts the show. And basically, yeah, it's a competition run only over three weeks. There's been mm-hmm. six episodes. There's only nine total. And uh, at the end of it, they will be, they will crown the latest Lego master based off this. Where can I find this? It's on Channel 9 okay. in Australia. And you can find it. There's like a Channel 9 Now, I think it's called. Right, now okay. is like the, you can find it's that online app, on yeah. your phones and stuff like that. And it is fucking great. Yay, is that's cool. So good. And I was like, I was always drawn in straight away because I love Hamish stuff. And I just, I'm like, I'm a big kid at heart. And the idea of like building Lego and stuff is fun. It is. So when MasterChef Australia first started, I really enjoyed that first season because so did I. Mm. because it was very supportive and mm-hmm. like collaborative. People were there to win the competition, but it wasn't about the drama. It wasn't about in the drama. A shared love of something. Yeah, totally. And everyone everyone was there like egging each other on, and like it wasn't mm. like there was fighting between the groups or who's gonna. It's like what's that one where they on oh, my kitchen my rules kitchen rules where they practically like just stab each other at the table. It's really it, fucking brutal. Exactly yeah. right. This has the same feel of MasterChef season one. Everyone mm. is just there because they love Lego and they love doing this mm. and they are so supportive of one another and it's so wholesome and great and it's there's inherently just great drama in building Lego. Like, yes, you've got a timer. You've got 13 hours to build this whatever it is thing. Oh, there's a twist halfway through. They have to change it up sort of thing. All that sort of game show stuff's there. But the the thing about Lego is like it can just break on you. Like yeah, it would just like you'll drop it and all of a sudden it's like you've got to like restart and all this thing. There is so much inherent drama there. Oh, the stakes. It is really great family television i'm super like sucked into it it's like my favorite show on television at the moment is lego masters nice and if you're into that sort of stuff and you like you've enjoyed master chef or like the voice and those sorts of things i'd highly recommend checking out i don't know like those sorts of game showy reality things Mm. i'd highly recommend checking out lego masters it is really really good apparently is rating gangbusters and oh that's good there was a stat the other day that my mum told me actually she's watching it too and she's like apparently there's a lego set no two yeah Two Lego sets being sold every second in Australia at the moment because of this show. Like, wow. Like, it's just it's fostering, like, this whole thing of, like, creativity and... Um, a new way of thinking about Lego. Maybe and just a new way of thinking about Lego, it? but just, like... For instance, another example was my uncle's um, grandchild, right? Right, That yep. makes sense. So, mm-hmm. sort of a, a relative, anyway. He used to be really into Lego and recently he's been very into his video games. Nothing wrong with that. I love video games too, but sort of given up on his toys. Mm. Lego Master's on. All his Lego's back out again. And he's building stuff again. Yeah, cool. He's being creative and those sorts of things again. It's like the idea that's fostering that sort of play and stuff in families. Anyway, it's really cool. I love it. Awesome. Uh, did you have anything else for Off Topic Hot Topic? Um, one reality show I won't be watching. Have mm-hmm. you seen this? Flinched. What the hell is flinched? I think it's oh, maybe it's called flinch. It's fuck. I've just seen ads about it, like trailers oh. or whatever on Netflix. It sounds like the anti Lego Masters. It absolutely is. It's you put people in contraptions that look like they're from the Saw film. Mm-hmm. You terrorize them, and if they flinch, they lose points. That's it. 
Doesn't that mm. sound like the worst thing you could uh, watch? There used to be that show Fear Factor. Yeah. It sort of sounds like that, but... More like, boring? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's what what, what is what it's, just, it's meant to be like fun, but watching people be like terrorized just isn't fun to me. Yeah, there's just not the sort of reality show that interests me at all. No. I'm not trying to think of the ones that I have liked apart from Love Island, which was just a guilty pleasure. But like, <laughs> like I've always enjoyed um, the Amazing Race mm-hmm. because while there is that drama between teams, it's also just about people being like smart, and there's a that. Excitement, race element, and they get to go to cool places. And like, you love puzzles, and I love a puzzles. Shit ton of puzzles, and it's just that. an adventure. That's yeah. the, like I look at that and go, I would love to be on that show. Mm. Flinched, <laughs> whatever. Doesn't make any sense. I don't sense want to be to on me. that show. Yeah, wants to do that shit. It's like we're just a step closer to the Hunger Games when I see shit like that. I'm like, no, totally, totally. Well, you know, if you with what's going on in America, they're getting closer to the Handmaid's Tale, so may as well be going Ooh. towards the Hunger Games too. Um, topical. <laughs> Anything else to mouse? That's it from me. All right. We're going long, so I'm going to go through this pretty quickly. I got to see Detective Pikachu. Congratulations. Uh, I, I was going to watch it today, but then my girlfriend was like, no, can you please wait so we can watch it together? So oh, that's cute. I've sacrificed. I'm, I'm a great girlfriend. So we. this is the first live action movie based on the extremely popular and enduring video game anime series Pokemon. If you don't know what Pokemon is, I don't know what to tell you, buddy. It's... <laughs> About cute creatures and sometimes not cool creatures, cool creatures that you catch. Are and you actually explain Pokemon? Kind don't, of quickly. No, okay. if they don't know what it is, they don't deserve to know. Google Maybe. Pokemon, all right? Um, starring Ryan Reynolds as the voice of Pikachu. You know who Pikachu is. And Justice Smith. Um, I'm a big fan of the games. In fact, you're a fan of the games too. You've played I am. I have quite played. a few of them. It's one of um, the only games I've finished. When I heard about this idea, I scoffed. When I saw the trailer, I went, oh my God, that looks mm. great. I watched a, a, a new trailer, or maybe, I don't know, but another trailer. Yesterday I watched it, mm-hmm. and I just started crying. You started crying? It was so beautiful. Really? It was so beautiful. It was like, there was like beautiful, sad music playing, and then like, you see like all these like squirtles and stuff splashing around, and it's like nature. That's a, that a great sequence in, and this, I in the movie. And I just started crying. <laughs> it was so beautiful, yeah. Um. So, the movie, having seen it now, um, is Good. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. He, here's what's great about it. You hear that tone, everyone? <laughs> yeah. Where's this going? Um, Ryan Reynolds' Pikachu is inspired. Mm-hmm. Like, And maybe it's just that you could put Ryan Reynolds, uh, have him just be quippy and do his Ryan Reynolds charming thing and you'd be fine. Mm-hmm. And maybe that might be true. But they got Ryan Reynolds to play Pikachu and it works. And it's great. The Pokemon look great. Mm-hmm. Pikachu is fucking adorable. Psyduck is great and hilarious. Every all the Pokemon look great. Some of them look creepy intentionally. I'm down. That's There's fine. a lot of good stuff going yep. on there. Um, it's got a really strong premise. It's got that very Who Framed Roger Rabbit? What if cool. you know Pokemon and people live together sort of thing? Mm-hmm. And they realize that re- really well. It's got the film noir mystery part of Roger Rabbit going as mm-hmm. well. I think ultimately. They their audience is definitely at younger people. So okay. while there are going to be a lot of people my age who going to see Detective Pikachu because they love Pokemon, the film is not ultimately aimed at them. There are some jokes that only adults will get, mm-hmm. no doubt. But it's kind of like my first film noir. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's so interesting because the way the film was advertised gave me a different impression. Yeah, it's like you're going to know the who... The you're going to know the end of the mystery right. early, on. Very early on. You're yeah, going to cool. figure it out. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and that's not necessarily a problem. I think I think it's got some pacing issues. Sometimes I feel like, sometimes I feel like it's rushing. I kind of wish it slowed down a little bit. It sets up some really good thematic stuff that doesn't quite get there at the end mm-hmm. with. Mm-hmm. There's this whole idea of like um, Tim goes to Rhyme City and everyone here, Pokemon aren't in Pokeballs there, right? Mm-hmm. But everyone has their partner Pokemon, yeah. you know? Pikachu was his dad's partner Pokemon. Mm. The detective um, played by Ken... Um, Wantabi, I think I can. I can. I don't think I, I suppose the name right there. Anyway, he's is got a snubble. Everyone has a a partner Pokemon. Tim does not. Right, Aww. he's different than that. He's never wanted a partner Pokemon or never caught a partner Pokemon. And that's like thematically really interesting. When all of a sudden he has to partner with Pikachu, mm-hmm. and then it kind of doesn't go the whole way with mm-hmm. that idea at the end. It just right. feels like a bit of like I think what it is. It's where. I can tell there's a better movie in, or a really good mm. movie in there, and it's just a fine movie. Yeah. Okay. And I think on second watch, where I don't have high expectations and I can just enjoy it being funny and fun and cute, I'm going to enjoy it more. But on first watch, it was a bit like, you got this close. Yeah. And you kind of just didn't get it. So it's it's a good enough movie. Mm. And it's certainly not a bad movie, mm-hmm. but it's not the first great video game movie, unfortunately. Okay. Yes. Interesting. Uh, um, I've also been watching Broad City, mm-hmm. um, which I've never really gotten around to watching. Sort of my girlfriend's been watching it basically from the start, and I've watched maybe 30, 40% of it with her. And it's fucking great. Yeah. They're incredible. <laughs> Welcome to the party, my friend. Yeah, I was way behind on that, and that is a great show. Mm-hmm. A proper laugh out loud every it episode. It is hilarious. So funny. Remember when I... Um, watched the first season and then I went back and watched all of their like YouTube stuff. Mm-hmm. So fucking good. Mm. Just like, no wonder they got a show. They're just hilarious from the beginning. Hilarious. And I just love that it's a show that's so... I, You and I often talk about this. We really get it. Like we're character driven and we like when like that feeling of family and like mm-hmm. that those people really like each other. Like, this is why I like Parks and Rec and stuff, yeah. right? And their friendship is just so... Oh, they love each other. They, they love family. each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's and that's all there, and I've really enjoyed that. No revelations there. Um, finally, before we move on, I watched the Dragon Prince season one and two. I was sick; I had nothing to do. So you know what? I decided I'd finally watch it. Yep. Tell, tell me what you think, but say it's slow and sexy. <clears throat> it's pretty good. Um. So <laughs> eyebrows are raised. <laughs> no, they are. That's not. Okay. Good enough for me. <laughs> so, I've heard a lot of the Dragon Prince is better than Avatar and all this sort of stuff, mm-hmm. right? I don't think it's- I said be- potentially be- better than Avatar. It's not over yet. Sure. But it's got the potential. Yeah, I yeah. agree. I think it has the potential hmm. to be as as good as yeah, Avatar. Yeah, see, hear that everyone? He thought he was going to be up, oh, but it's not. But I didn't actually say that. <clears throat> um, didn't actually say that, Brad. <laughs> it's very good. I think the first barrier of entry for me was the animation style, mm-hmm. which um, it, I really struggled with early on. That yeah. first episode, I think we all did. The like the the designs of the characters are really great. Like mm-hmm. the design of the world is really cool. The way they animated in the first episode, in particular, and most of the first season, really, it's. All I could think about in my brain, I've played so many video games, it was like watching a video game drop frames. It just looked to me like it wasn't animating properly. It looked like mm-hmm. a bad, like, 
1993 Lucas Arts game, like running on my Windows <laughs> PC, like just was framey. It just I was like, it's so distracting to me. Had no when you fluidity say framey, what do you mean? Framey sort of just when it, it means where the space between different frames and movement. Oh, you know, I agree. I found that really distracting. Really as well. distracting yeah. because when they, have- I thought something was wrong with my connection. <laughs> it was like, is my computer like, oh not my my TV like glitching out? Yeah, or something. glitching. Yeah, totally. yeah, right. And that and the thing that was frustrating as well. It's like usually in animation, yes, when you choose to put in frames helps to establish movement, right? Mm-hmm. This is getting into animation for a second here. But there's unless someone is standing still, you don't usually um choose to have such a big break between frames mm. like that. And it was almost like frames weren't determined by when like by a time frame at all, but only by the amount of movement that was taking place. It I don't know. It was really odd and so distracting. It gets way better. It in does. fact season two Pretty much doesn't have any of those problems. They just animate it like they should animate it. Yeah. They just stop with that whole style whatsoever. And it's so much better for it. Mm-hmm. I quite like the characters. I'm nowhere near as in love with them yet as I am. And again, mm. there's a lot of me loving Avatar, right? Yeah. And I see so many similarities to that show in terms of the, you know, our core group of adventurers and... The bad guys who, you know... I love the bad uh, guys. The bad guys actually not my favourite part. Yeah, they totally, they're absolutely just like Avatar. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, and so a lot of that stuff is so similar mm. as to be like, I have to draw comparisons constantly. Yeah, totally. And I'm not there yet. And I also think it's rather light on the combat for an animated show like this. Like, it feels like we only really get a decent action scene every three episodes or so. And often arcs will take place over like three episodes. I think the first three episodes of season two take place on a boat and like, there's no action happening here. And that's not terrible because the story is. I don't even think that's bad. No, it's not necessarily <laughs> bad. It's, it's quite introspective and there's a lot of really mm-hmm. interesting stuff going on this. I love the representation in the show is so good. It's mm-hmm. taken what Avatar started to a yeah. way higher level. I love some of the things it's doing there. Um, there's a bit with a dog with a big wolf mm. with three legs. I lo- that At first I was like, oh, you had something there and you walked away from it. And I was like, no, they didn't. <laughs> well done. That's right. Anyway, uh, not spoilers. But yeah, it's. I feel like it could be doing more action and stuff like that. Like could be, it could be a you little more exciting. You know how I feel like action sequences. Sure. So I'm not, I don't feel the gap there, but yeah. Yeah, I'm, I feel like it's missing a bit of action and there's not mm-hmm. as huge amount of variety of action as Avatar as well. So one of the things that Avatar always did for me is like, it felt like every episode I was getting something new, you know, mm. there'd be a new way of doing airbending or earthbending or firebending, something to like, they had, that was such a rich idea that it would keep like one-upping itself and that was always something I loved about it. And this has that interesting magic element, but like our main fight, we've got one main fighter and she's great, Mm. but it's just her and her swords most of the time. Mm -hmm. And then um, the magic stuff is very interesting in terms of like how it functions. The lore around it is really cool. cool. Mm. But then the actual function of it as a animation, as an action part of the show Mm. isn't as interesting as Avatar is. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, yeah, but as someone who like really only care about character, sure. <laughs> so like for me, it yeah, oh yeah. When I think of Avatar, well, I do love the action sequences, and I think they're beautiful and really something that 
is very, very special. Mm-hmm. It's really not what I care about, you know? Gotcha. So, like, I get, like, why, yeah, this show or oh, Dragon Prince would probably never get there for you. That makes a lot of sense um, because that is, like, clearly a big thing that you love about it. Um, yeah, yeah. It's part, yeah. It's part of the part I, I, of I, I, I really didn't love even that think world. about that. Yeah, that's interesting. For you, without getting into spoilers, mm. do you have who are your favorite characters? Like, do you love all the characters? Are the particular favorites that standouts for you? I'm just interested to know where people are sort of at with that. I haven't looked into the community or the online like discussion about it at all. Um, I'm terrible with names. I love the bad guys, the the siblings, Claudia and her brother. Yep, thank yep. you. I love Bait. Yeah, Bait doesn't do a lot for me. Bait makes me so happy. Um, I love. Uh, Bait does some good stuff. He has got some good stuff in season two. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I really like all of them except for the elf chick. You don't like the elf chick. It's not that I don't like her. Um, Ray, Rayla, it's interesting you love this show and you don't know their names. Because I'm terrible with names. Okay. Um, Is it Rayla Ray? And I watched it like what six months ago. Now? Okay, sure, it's been a while. Sure. Um, yeah, no, I think she just Is like... Is it Soren, the brother's name? Claudia and Soren? Anyway, sorry. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Um, that sounds... Soren? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's not that I dislike her, but just like I'm less compelled than with the other two. What about Ezra? I like Ezra. You don't like Ezra? I, eh, doesn't... doesn't Not as compelling. Ca- Callum... Is very oh. very good. Like very, there's lots going on with Callum. Okay, like yeah, huge lots journey of back that's taken place. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Lots of real, yeah. Really like his stuff. I like the Rayler stuff. Yeah, Ezra doesn't. He's not like compelling to me. I don't. He. I don't understand what his big struggle yeah. or anything is. Where really? His, where his growth is. Right. I mean, mm, I think there's his personal relationships. Um, yeah, I can't talk about spoiling stuff, mm. but it, it affected me quite a bit watching him um, come into that manhood. Finding out stuff. In that way was... Um, there are some revelations along the way that he finally gets to that uh, that are the first real challenge for him, I think, as a mm. character, and that happens late in season two. Yeah. It's like I'm more interested to see why they go with that next. Mm. Like they, that actually the setup at the oh, end of I'm season so two. I'm so excited for season three. And where what they could do with him in season three is quite mm-hmm. big, but I'm yet to be convinced. Interesting. Okay. Anyway, we will I've see. Done it. I've done it. All right. I'm there, proud of listeners. You. I'm I've proud. watched the Dragon Prince, and I am looking forward to season three, which I think has a little release date, but I can't remember what it is. Anyway, this off-topic, off-topic, hot topic is going pretty long, and I would like to talk spoilers with you about Avengers Endgame. So, do you want to do that at the end of the podcast? You know I would. We'll do that. We'll chuck that at the end, but right now, let's get to our spoiler-free review of American Gods Season 2. Let me clue you in. Season in review. American Gods returns for its second season almost two years after first premiering, having shed its original showrunners Brian Fuller and Michael Green, replaced by Jesse Alexander of Alias, Heroes, Hannibal and Star Trek Discovery fame. This was just the start of season two's production problems, with actors Gillian Anderson and Kristen Chenoweth electing to walk away from the show after Fuller and Green's departure, and rumours of emergency rewrites, actors on standby with nothing to shoot, and even Alexander's firing before the end of principal production. The cast members that did remain were joined this season by Sakina Jaffrey as Mama G and Ka Yun Kim as New Media. American God season two consists 
consists of eight episodes, each coming in at around 53 minutes and took us approximately seven hours and five minutes to watch. American Gods has been renewed for a third season with a new showrunner, Charles Edgeley. So, Damask, do you remember what we thought about American Gods season one? I didn't, but you told me just before we started. Correct. I gave it 3.5. You did. One thing I do remember, um, because it must have been 17 years since first season, um, is that... We've done 74 episodes of the podcast since. Have we? Oh, God. Um, Well, at least someone's been productive. Um, (laughs) Yes. Burn, American Gods. (laughs) I love that it took you five minutes to get the joke. Sorry, yeah, too. Anyway, that's fine. Um, The one thing I did remember is that I really, we both really enjoyed what was going on with Laura Moon. Loved it. And that had... And Mad Sweeney. And Matt Sweeney, yes. And that had a lot of uh, potential. Um, and we actually had some characters, characters, geez, some characters to care about. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were looking forward to really diving into that into the future, I'm assuming. I think um, uh, we got to remember as well, you've read the book. I haven't read the book. You know what's funny? I don't remember anything anymore because I read it so fucking long ago. Right, okay. <laughs> uh, so you, you, you have read the book, even mm, if you don't yeah, remember it very well. Yeah. I haven't. We both went into this um, excited about it. Certainly, Neil Gaiman fans. Mm-hmm. We're less so fans of Brian Fuller. But that's a different story. He's a running joke on the podcast. Indeed, yeah. <laughs> we have a segment named after him. Um, I think we both really struggled with the pilot of season one. Yes, really struggled mm. with it, and then finally found that yeah, it got good for us once we got into the Laura Moon stuff. Mm-hmm. They really found some great... Mm. great a cameo from Betty Gilpin in her episode. Correct. We didn't mm. even know Betty Gilpin no. at the time. That's how long ago it was. Yeah. This is I was like, pre- who is this incredible actress? And then I saw her in Glow. I'm like, this woman is the best actress on TV. BBG, before Betty Gilpin in our lives. <laughs> wow. Um, we were so young. So young. So innocent. Mm. And yeah, we loved that. Found our way into the show there. We had someone to care about. The mm-hmm. same with Mad Sweeney. We kind of came to the conclusion that season one was pretty successful as a really good setup. In fact, we compared it to uh, the first season of Westworld. We mm. were like, that was really intriguing. It's a big it wasn't, call, what morons. It wasn't <laughs> perfect, but yeah. it was like a really great setup. You couldn't repeat that season, mm. but it would be a great Lots springboard. world building and stuff. And exactly. Blah, 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 blah. And yeah. you could okay. build a show off that first season. And, we, and much like... Westworld, we looked forward to season two. You think we'd learn. To run, take this premise and run with it. And so I gave it four stars the first season. Mm. So with all that in mind, (laughs) what did you think, Damask, of season two of American Gods? Oh, brother. Where to begin? Where to begin? All right. You ready, everyone? Mm. Okay. So let's start with the fact that during the first four episodes of this season, I fell asleep... Three times. <laughs> and this wasn't on the same day. It wasn't like I just kept falling asleep. <laughs> I tried multiple times. Is it worth le- reminding the listeners that you had stayed up and not slept watching? This was Terrace before House? that. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so not, not related to that. Good to know. I tried multiple times to get through this show and it put me to sleep. And I was trying to figure it out. Like, why is this happening? And I thought maybe it's because 90% of the characters on this show speak in such a slow monotone way that it seems as though they've taken way too much Valium. But who knows? It also could be that this season, simply put, is fucking boring. I don't know what I'm going to say in our spoiler zone because I can pretty much just say it here. 
Shadow Moon is a heinously boring character and framing a show around him is a crime that should be punished in The Hague at the International Court of Justice. For shame. For shame. Much of this season is spent watching two or three abstract concepts talking to each other. And it reminds me of my first year philosophy class at uni, in which I discovered I fucking hate philosophy. (laughs) It's boring and nothing matters because nothing means anything. Boo, I wish I was dead. What am I meant to care about here? What exactly are the stakes? Apparently, there's a war between the old gods and the new. Or, you know, it's coming. But what does that even mean? And why should I be rooting for anyone or any side? Or is the point that I'm not meant to be rooting for any of them? And if I'm not meant to care about the cause, then give me someone to care about. And I don't care how many fucking filters you put on top of this show, nor do I care just how many times you play a scene in fucking slow-mo. This show has no heart. This show is a corpse wearing a shit ton of makeup. I don't care how rosy you make the cheeks. It still smells like fucking death. I hate this show. What a waste of my time. I'm not coming back. How dare you, stars? I thought the worst thing about you was that you spelled stars with a Z, but nope, you've outdone yourself with this tripe. I'm out. I'm out. That's my spoiler-free review. Is that two or th- in the last three episodes? I think one of us has said, "I'm out." <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. That was my reaction to uh, Sabrina. <laughs> I'm out. I'm done. I'm not going back. I love how you compared the show. To Laura Moon. It's essentially Laura Moon. Yeah. It's gussied exactly. up death. Mm-hmm. Stanky. <clears throat> Stanky death. So four stars? Yeah, definitely four stars. <laughs> yep. Now, what, what's your <laughs> spoiler free review, Brad? Oh, God. I just want, like, you okay. loved it. Before I start this review, I want to start with a small warning for listeners. And you've already got this far. So <laughs> I imagine there are American Gods fans out there who are enjoying this show. I don't want to be Donald Downer if you're into it. I'm glad you enjoy it. All power to you. If that is you, maybe the rest of this I'm podcast glad you can find happiness in hell. That's isn't cool. Isn't going to be for you. <laughs> or maybe have some counter arguments, which I would love to hear because I would like to know. I would like to like the show and maybe I'm getting something wrong. I'm not interested. So please feel free to email me or tweet me um, what I'm missing or just skip the rest of this episode. But with all that said, I very, very much did not like this season of American <laughs> Gods at all. Let's start with some positives, though. The You're a sh- better man than I, bro. Yeah, this okay. show is often aesthetically pleasing, staying true to the form of season one. How cohesive that imagery and the style is is debatable. It's not. Um, <laughs> but it's hard to deny that it has some striking visuals throughout the season, including some wonderful sets and locations that paint a surreal and uneasy dreamscape of a world. Of the actors that did return for season two, you know, the ones who didn't leave with Michael Green and Brian Fuller, mm-hmm. there are some very fun scenery-chewing performances from Ian McShane, Crispin Glover, and Orlando Jones. The actual words they are saying and the connective tissue that glues scenes into episodes into what should be a cohesive season is often lacking. It's but, meaningless. But I admire the conviction, dedication, and the craft of the performers who are trying their damnedest to make it work. All the words in this show are meaningless. <laughs> but that's all I've got. The four words <laughs> that dominate my thinking while trying to write about American Gods is simply, what is this show? <laughs> there are a lot of ideas in American Gods. Big, sprawling, cool what-ifs. 
But what am I meant to care about? Who am I meant to care about? <laughs> Why should any of this be compelling to me beyond, huh, that's kind of cool. Last season got a fairly enthusiastic pass from me, mostly because of the Laura Moon and Mad Sweeney pairing. Mm-hmm. I hoped and prayed that those steering the ship would learn some valuable lessons from this for season two. To their credit, Laura and Sweeney are still my favourite part of the show. Agreed. To the point where I wished that was just the whole show. But they forgot to inject any of that humanity into the other stories. Sorry, that's not 100% true. There is one episode that does seem to remember that our main characters are meant to be characters and not just blank slates or abstract concepts with enigmatic personalities clumsily bolted on, but it's fleeting. And before you know it, we're back to stuff happening (laughs) with very little idea of why. There are literally whole characters who seemingly serve no purpose, have no direction or discernible personality and are just there. What was achieved this season? (laughs) What journey did we go on? Are we closer or further away from the destination than when we were at the start of the season? Why am I watching and why the hell should I keep watching? What is this show? Four and a half stars. No. (laughs) Um, How many stars have you given this really, Damask? One star. I've given half a star to each of the characters that I cared about. <laughs> That's what you get. What about you? Um, I'm ge- I, I've given it two stars. I was very close to one and a half. I've given it two. I don't know why. <laughs> I think it's for the same reason. I for think- patriotism because Emily Browning's in it? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah. Go Aussie, huh? Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Um, oi, oi, oi. I, I, a lot of it's got to do with Emily Browning and um, Pablo, Pablo Schreiber. Mm. Yeah. They... They're doing the damnedest. I do think that, like, it's the actors, the performers themselves, a lot of them except for whoever's playing, I can't remember the actor's name, who's playing Shadow Joe Moon, Moon mm. are doing their damnedest with what they've got. Like, oh, the actors, I've got no problem with the actors at all. There's, I don't, I really don't have a fault for them whatsoever. It's amazing you can have a cast this good and make something so terrible. It is, isn't it? Yeah. It's kind of incredible. That it can be so boring when you've got so many it's great performances. It's all in like the editing, the structure, the actual dialogue is fucking shite. But they, they, but they, but they make it, you know, at least watchable. Yes. Unless you're falling asleep. Um, but like, you could literally, it's like they you know, say, like I could listen to Ian McShane read from the phone book. Mm. Like that's basically what this show yeah, often is. There's no, there's no tangible structure. There's no purpose. There's no point. It's awful to watch. Yeah. Two stars. <laughs> Before we dive into spoilers, we'd like to remind everyone that if you enjoy what we do here, we'd really appreciate you sharing the podcast with others who you think might also enjoy listening. We also appreciate your positive reviews on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify, or whatever podcast platform you prefer. But right now, let's talk spoilers. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. 
$45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're now entering the spoiler zone. On this episode, we'll be discussing everything that happens in Season 1 and 2 of American Gods. Before listening any further, we recommend watching all of American Gods up to this point. Actually, we don't recommend that. Uh, just to keep listening. If you have not done so, proceed with some caution. There are spoilers ahead. Meh. Deep dive. It's cool to know other people think about this stuff too. See, the problem with doing a spoiler warning is that stuff has to happen in a show that's worth spoiling mm. for it to be a problem to spoil no, it. No, no, no. I gotta take it back. Shadow Moon ends up in a tree. Sorry? Shadow Moon ends up in a tree. He does end up in a tree. And that's a blood swabbed. What, he- se- what a season to get there. <laughs> <laughs> is that where he ended the season? In the tree? Oh, yeah, he's in the tree. Oh, he's in the tree. Is but, he- oh, um, God. What's his face pissed on to grow? That's, that's because correct. apparently, why is anything happening? <laughs> Nothing means anything. I can't, there's no connective tissue <laughs> to make me go, oh, okay, that's why. It, it, meaningless. I have. Season is meaningless. I have surprisingly few notes. Mm, I'm not surprised. That's not surprising. Okay. I have very few notes. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I just want to start. And I just feel like it will probably evolve naturally. If there's a discussion to be had, it's going to happen, mm. right? What? Let's just talk about what happened this season. What do you remember with the events <laughs> of this season? All right. Um, so we start. They, they start. They had to retcon Easter out of it because Kristen is not coming back. Yeah. She's like, oh, you ran over her bunnies or something. So now she's upset. Was she a big, bigger part of the books? I don't fucking remember. Okay, don't, okay. silly question. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> they went to the House on the Rock. Yeah. They walked around that for most of the episode. Mm-hmm. They had their meeting and then one of the goddesses got killed. Yep. Zoya or whatever. Yep. yep. Shadow yep. Shadow was... And, and Laura's hanging around and Sweeney's hanging around. And, mm-hmm. Do you know, that of all the characters that frustrate me, Nancy is the biggest one. Uh, Nancy, sorry. Mm. Because he literally... Does not do anything. No, like he I don't does know what do he's doing or anything. what his purpose is. Or he walks in and says some. Uh, he's very cool. Yes, yeah, stuff. He can be very like, angry. He can has a lot of you know interesting things to say about race in America. There's mm-hmm. one scene that involves three of the um, African originating gods, gods. Yeah, talking about race in America, which you know. That's a that's a thing. Mm-hmm. It is a thing. <laughs> but it doesn't bear any weight on the show, as far as I can tell. It felt like, are we having a very special episode, but no one knows why it's why it's special? That's what it felt like. Uh, yeah, it, I, I was waiting for it to like say something. I was hoping it might say something about why Shadow Moon is a blank canvas of nothingness. Mm-hmm. I thought it that might be informing that somehow that he's been, you know beaten down so much that he's like regressed into a, an unspeaking fetus. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not what happened. So I didn't even understand the purpose of it. Did I like, I like the dynamic of them having a conversation. Mm-hmm. I just wish the conversation was actually about something. Anyway, then Shadow gets <laughs> captured by Mr. Town on behalf yeah. of Mr. World. On and train. then yep. Laura and Sweeney Go and get him, but mm-hmm. don't quite get there because Mr. Wednesday puts the car in front of the train. Yeah. And there's a crash. Yeah. And then they grab Laura Moon's torso, bits. Her, yep. her bits and bobs, bits pop, and it, bobs. pop it in the trunk, and, and then drive back drive away. to Cairo. And then they leave Shadow to figure out his own way to get back to Cairo. Mm, and he hitchhikes it 
hitchhikes with that Native American girl. Yep. And then, meanwhile, Laura and Mr. Wednesday go on a trip to go get Argus, who's like the security god guy. What a disgusting scene that turned out to be. <laughs> uh. Te- were you looking forward to tentacle porn? Tentacle porn. I mean, I'm not against tentacle porn. That was fucking disgusting, though. Sure, sure. <laughs> it was nothing. It was, gr- it was fucking gross. You weren't titillated? I wasn't at all. No. I was like, I don't want to watch this. Why are you making me watch this? And in doing that, in killing Argus, she gets some amount of life back, but is not still alive. Because apparently that's a thing. And then Wednesday and Shadow Moon have to go get the spear. They get the spear. Mm -hmm. They get the spear reforged. They take it back to Cairo again. Then, meanwhile, Laura's caught up with Mad Sweeney. Mm Mm-hmm. They have sex with, like, death lower. With three, like, avatars But somehow. then they kind of have death sex with each other. Yeah. They split up again. Laura goes back to... they. Sorry. Sweeney gets back to, to Cairo first. He Cairo. has a... Mm-hmm. Cairo, sorry. He has a whole episode about basically him. Shadow kills him with the spear, but he disappears the spear into his... Sun, sun horde. Sun horde. And <laughs> dies. Laura gets back... Him and Shadow don't seem to be, like, an option together anymore. Her and Shadow, yeah. Her and Shadow, sorry. And then, finally, Mr. World does something and, like, starts this thing about them being terrorists and, like, the cops are coming for him. Yeah, infiltrates the media. Infiltrates, yeah, uses new media to, like, do fake news or whatever. Mm -hmm. Makes them enemies of the state. And then they cancel that at the end. He, like... Puts a thing saying that it was all like a hoax, and they've looked at the they looked at the data. It's been investigated, like, and but before even that happened, Mister Wednesday pissed off, and then shadows what, in the was, tree. No, like what, that's the season. Was right? there like a, no? Was there like a cosmic thing at the end where like Shadow remembers like recreating that scene as a child, and then he like swats Swat. the police away, and then they're gone, and they're all gone. There was like, there was, does he have some sort of new age? God-like power somehow. So, yeah. So, they just disappeared. The, mm. the, the police disappeared. But there was also a scene of, of Mr. World, like, it was, like, being typed up on the screen in front of him. And it was saying, like, uh, reports coming in now. The police have looked at the data that was given to them and it was a hoax. Right? Oh, okay. So, it's, like, undone. Like, they're no longer on the run because... Why? Why mm. would they be? Right? That kind of... Is that kind of it? That's kind of the season? Yeah, that's it. Great story time. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm assuming you didn't have one this season. Of course I fucking didn't. I'm not going to waste time writing that. That was... Sense. And like... I don't. I honestly don't know what to talk about. Salim is a non-character. He's just there. What's he doing? What's, he, what's his purpose? What's his um, story? What's his journey? Well, I thought it was going to be... A, you know, a great discussion on faith and like, monotheism. They literally have a sentence about faith and monotheism. There's a scene about it. And then, yeah, that's what I'm saying. And then, yeah. But that's it. Nothing goes anywhere because nothing means nothing and everything means I wish I was dead. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I mean, this was a season of endless road trips to get things that I am told are important for reasons that I am not told. Yeah. Which. For this up. Ellipses. This incoming war that the events of last season where Easter like made like desolated the crops and stuff like that. Mm. It seemed like it was the first big move in a war. Yeah. And all of this season is spent like 
getting things to attack each other, but not. Yeah, well, here's the thing. is like, so they go and talk to what money. And oh, ma- yeah, I forgot and about And that was apparently going to be like a big game changer. But then money's like, oh, no, nah, I'm not interested. It's always and then that. Leaves. It's always every god's just like, I don't want to be involved. Yeah. It's like just the, I was trying to think of like who were the new cast members. And there are two that are really significant. Mama G, who is sort of just there at different times around the hotel or Motel Americas. Mm. And then there's new media. And the only reason she's a new character <laughs> is because they had to replace media because Gillian Anderson didn't come back to the show. Yeah. No, like, no new main players. Very little movement of any sort towards anything. It's we are like in the exact same place we were. Who like are like, oh yeah, there's a war coming. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a fucking sick war, guys. Is Wednesday, and what's the name, Mister World? Mm-hmm. They just keep talking about it. No one else seems to care, really. Everyone else is just hanging around. Yeah, it's like, like Biquis. Biquis does. I don't, stuff I don't know why on. this war is coming because they're the only people. This to is it. Want to have a war? I just I need the show to talk about for a second. Even if maybe the old gods aren't the good guys here. Maybe the old gods are the bad guys, right? Mister Wednesday is the villain, right? But you got to talk to me about what what the stakes are. Do you know what yeah. I mean? That's why I was like, yeah, I was and saying that my spoiler free. I'm like, stakes. what are the stakes? Like, and if like it's not to be like invested in the cause, then give me people to care about. Like, you've got to give me something. Like, if there's going to be a war, I need to know what they're fighting over. Mm-hmm. What matters if one side wins or the other side doesn't? But more like, and among all that, what does the war even mean? Like, yes. if the gods I are even fighting, know what it looks like yeah. What what is that? Like last season, it seemed to be pretty obvious, right? Easter taking, you know, destroying, destroying crops, whatever. That's big. That has an effect on the world. Would be interesting to see how that affected the world. Is never mentioned again. Yeah, it's like ne- it, forget it happened. Mm-hmm. So. If these gods seem to have no impact on the world around them, what are they and why do I care? I, oh, it's so bad, Damask. <laughs> it's so bad. It's yeah. so boring and hard to watch. And it's pretty at times. Like, I really enjoyed the House on the Rock as a set. I'd love to go there. I love the carousel. It's beautiful. I like maybe I, like two seconds of like, shots that we got from that because the rest was so like obscured and yeah no like in the first season there were certainly images that were like beautiful and strange and evocative and all of that stuff and then in this season it just seemed like trying to be what it was but with like little reason for it one of the things we talked about in season one was how i i was talking about how they kept doing these like extreme close-ups and everything. They tried to make every shot the hero shot in every scene. Mm. And it's kept that up, which... Slow-mo. Everything's in slow-mo. Everything's extreme close-up. There are no... Like, there's very few just basic twofers. Everything has to be, like, beautiful. Mm. You know, that Zack Snyder sort of style of, like, every every frame has got to be a painting. And it's like... It's just... It's tiring when you keep doing it like that. Or, or maybe it would be more effective if there was just stuff going on to back it up it wasn't mm. just the imagery the imagery of the the gods you know in their godly forms at, in the backstage whatever talking is evocative to look at but ultimately shadow has this big speech about how let him help you and i'm like what the fuck are you talking yeah. about man i have no like, idea what you're talking about or why and because like he doesn't know what he's talking about because he, he doesn't no know idea. what's going on he has no idea yeah. what he's talking about and and 
Then it just sort of that scene ends, and I'm like, why were the gods convinced by this? Yeah. Were they convinced by this? I don't know what's happening or why it's happening. <laughs> I don't know if, if anything is happening in this show. Who the fuck is Mr. Town? No idea. I don't really understand any of the new gods, to be honest with you. I didn't understand how the the boy who had like a tiger dad became a computer programmer and then made Technical Boy. I don't understand. He didn't make Technical Boy because we'd seen Technical Boy in the flashback tonight. Yeah, in the past, but then he like remade another one. Well, do you mean... A physical version? I don't know. I don't understand. Technical Boy like came... It was like killed, but then he was like reincarnated. I guess the idea is that gods can't be killed unless they kill themselves, right? That was something Mm, we discussed with... um, with Thor. With Thor. Donna. And so when he was killed by, was he killed by Mr. World? He was like put into that, like the, one yeah, of his VR the weird vice right? thing. Yeah. And then like, but then he can't really die because he's still got mm, people who believe in, in him. And then he came back, I suppose. But what, but why did it matter that technical boy was killed and came back? Like, what is the purpose of that? What is, what function does that serve? If any, I quite liked that little bit. I quite enjoyed in season one the coming to America stories, right? Where mm. the gods were first introduced. And so seeing what was kind of the birth or 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 the influence of Tech Boy on this kid, right? His dad is he talked about how music was like his version of prayer and stuff like mm. that. He worshipped music. And his son didn't have the same <coughs> pardon me. Didn't have that same uh religion that he had, that same faith that he had. His faith was in technology and so you tech boy was his god, right? Mm. There was something about that that I thought was quite. That was a simple little story. <laughs> but beyond that, mm. it doesn't serve a greater whole. It doesn't serve a greater purpose. There are beautiful little short stories in there mm. occasionally. I suppose it's almost like a little anthology. Yeah. But then we need to. If you're going to do that, do it. Abandon Shadow Moon. Abandon Ugh, the rest please. of this story. Yeah, I think. I mean, my favourite short story was obviously Mad Sweeney's. I thought that was great. Yeah, I mean, it's good. It's a good episode. That, that, yeah, that was a good episode. And I'm pa- Pablo Schreiber um, is incredible. Mm. His performance is amazing. Mm-hmm. the The tragedy of Mad Sweeney was yep. all there. Um, we went on a journey with him, and he had a very tragic end. Does it make me incredibly angry that Shadow Moon of all fucking characters killed him? Yeah. The guy that means nothing that... It was just so nothing to... It was like a fucking accident almost. Like, that's how Shadow Moon... No, fu- no. Take that. I, that's what I fucking hate is Shadow Moon was like, oh, I didn't mean to. The move he did yeah, yeah. was he had taken it away, and right? He and then he him. turned it around to stab him in <laughs> yeah. the fucking guts. Yeah. yeah. No, no. Sorry, Shadow Moon. You killed him on purpose yeah. when you didn't actually have to. Fuck you. Uh, it made me angry that, like, the character that really, truly ruins this show killed the character that was the only saving grace. Like, it just shows me that the people behind the scenes had no idea what was of value I mean, there. he's not going to stay dead. Fucking, I mean, yeah, because Laura's got him now. And Laura's but, also got the potion thing that brings people yeah, back from the but dead. but still, it made me fucking... I was furious. I had to go for a little walk just around the house. Really? I was like, I was so angry at Shadow Moon. Fuck him. Fuck him. Because you, you, you hate him as a representative of this story. And it's like... If you're the central character and you're going away yeah. taking away the interesting characters, yeah. fuck you, show. It's like he's, yeah, he's so, such a representative of 
what's wrong the, the misunderstanding show. of yeah. what makes a good story yeah and yeah it's infuriating to watch um I was going to bring this up in Off Topic Hot Topic. Pablo Schreiber is has been cast as Master Chief in the Halo TV series, which a Halo TV series sounds boring as fuck, mm. but now I know that he's doing it. I'm like, yeah, I kind of yeah. want to see what that looks like. I never thought I could like the guy that played Pornstash. Totally right. This- and then I, then I look back, I'm like, oh, I hated Pornstash so much because he was such a good actor. Yeah, yeah. And I love him so much because he's a fucking great actor. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, no, I sh- I'm, I'm very... Very invested in his career, career and what he does next. Um, how do you feel about how Laura? What happened with Laura Moon this season? Laura Moon stuff. I was pretty fucking bored uh, because she problem, like this season was like the endless road trips to do nothing, and she was along the ride for a lot of that, yeah. and just kind of following along, being like, "Puppy, I'm just gonna be here." Until you figure out that you love me again. Yeah. Snooze. When she goes off with uh, Matt Sweeney, I'm like, oh, this is like a friendship, mm-hmm. um, a budding romance perhaps that I can be down for. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it was it was mostly bo- boring. I was disappointed with what they gave her to do. I really wish they it's hadn't. It's she's so attached to Shadow Moon, who is just, I was like, makes me question her because I'm like, why are you investing in this person at all? They shouldn't. I don't think it was a wise move to split them up as much as they did this season. Um, there was like when she chooses to go with uh, Mr. Wednesday instead of go with Mad Sweeney that at one point. Frustrating. I was as like, fuck. I really kind of just wish he'd given her the option and then stayed anyway. Mm. Like it didn't didn't serve him to be away from her. Really, he got those little vignettes of him having shit luck without her. Yeah, like he could have had one of those and come back knowing I just need to be around yeah. her because a she's got my fucking coin, which yeah, is like whole purpose. He has no reason to be down there without her, right? What 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 is he doing there? <laughs> he she has his fucking coin. Mm-hmm. That's the whole thing, right? And the further he gets away from her, the worse luck he has. So there's plenty of reason to stay there. He could have just been there. He's already fucking Wednesday's lucky anyway. There's mm. plenty of reason for him to be there and kept them in proximity because they work. They just, those actors have a chemistry and a connection that that comes through that no other characters in the show have. So just keep them to fucking gather. And then when the Wednesday thing didn't turn out the way she wanted, he she could have gone with him. He could have given her I told you so and they could have headed to New Orleans and done the rest of it. And then, yes, the split after that makes sense to me yep. because you need that tragedy at the end. Mm-hmm. But you didn't need to split them up earlier. And that I just think you're squandering the thing that the best part of your show. Yeah. <laughs> what a bad decision that was. I got, I'm sorry, listeners. I got nothing to say that's positive. I really don't. It's. I just don't really have anything to say other than what, like, what I've already said in like the spoiler-free review. What did you think of the episode that was all the flashbacks to the burlesque parlor or whatever it was with Mr. Wednesday and Thor? What do you think about that stuff? Yeah, there was a, there was a lot going on, mm-hmm. a lot to absorb. I think I just don't... That was the the best understanding I have so far of Wednesday, the character. Correct. Yes. Um, in my in my spoiler for review, that was but I said there was one episode that remembered that these characters are meant to be characters, mm-hmm. have like motivations and backstories and reasons for doing the things they do and the, and whatnot. That was the episode. Yeah. Um. But I I am at this stage. I just don't care about Wednesday. Sure. Um. I didn't care about his son. I thought he was pretty poorly played um I, a lot of times he would speak and i would just like laugh because it just it's just so 
yeah, it's yeah, it wasn't good performance sure, sure. in my opinion. Yep, um, pretty one note and just kind of like Disney princess, mm-hmm. um, which I get like that's like kind of the character, but you gotta gotta give me something to believe that you're you're a real being with thoughts and feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, weird Nazi stuff going on that I was like, what what's what is this saying? Yeah, I what's think going on here? There's a deliberate mystery that's not meant to be completely. Um, resolved yet. I think that there's a little bit of a mystery around his death. Like him dying in 1942 is an interesting time as well. That's like during the Second World War still, mm. all that sort of stuff. There's, and they don't, we don't really clearly see exactly the circumstances of his death. We have like one angle on that. Yeah, he shoots, oh no, he stabs himself? Shoots himself. Shoots himself, yeah. But it's like, it's taken, it's all pointed directly at him. I feel like there's, it felt like they were hiding someone else in the room. There's more to that. Mm-hmm. Okay. And there's, so there's a bit more I felt, and I, I've not read the book. I don't know if this is true or not. It felt like there was another element to that story that mm. was motivating Windsor that we don't know about yet. Okay. I thought he was just being like controlling his son, but you're probably right. I think, that's I, think true I was too. just, I, at that point, I was so like, I tapped out. It's <laughs> just like I didn't invest any um, further thoughts into any scenes other than like, I just want to get through this show because I'm bored. Sure. I mm. did perk up a little bit in that episode and there was like, um, it was interesting. There was a couple of scenes where like Shadow Moon was being industrious. Like when they went to steal the um, the jacket mm-hmm. and like that con was kind of interesting to see. Play. It was like, oh, you have a skill set and you're using it. Mm-hmm. That's cool. You don't usually do this. Yeah. I think you know at that I mean? point, I just didn't believe that Shadow Moon is very bright. So, it was oh, hard for me to believe that he was doing <laughs> I don't believe it because the yeah. show hasn't given me reason to believe it. But mm. it's like, oh, that's right. That's what he's meant to be doing. Yeah, that's, that's what good, should right? be happening. Yeah. So, to do that was like, okay, I'm rewarding this with my attention because that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, they had a scene and it was like a fucking Wednesday and Shadow Moon had a sit down conversation. And Shadow just flat, flat out asked him like, like about his son. I was like- they're talking about mm. things, about yeah. characters, about their history, about this is not this is not that hard, guys. I'm watching you do it. Yeah. That's almost more infuriating seeing it and going, why is this so difficult? Mm-hmm. So that was that that was a positive in the in the moment. Mm. And just a further exacerbation of my feelings. I'm of, glad you found some positives there. That's good. I'm happy for you. <laughs> But yeah, like the villain stuff is really boring. Like New Media is not an interesting character. Actually, I don't think it's well, particularly well performed either. Um, I'm really missing Gillian Anderson this season. Mm-hmm. Crispin Glover is creepy as always, but Mr. World is seems ineffectual and powerless most of the One time. One note. One note. And Please speak faster. Just, just mix it up or something. Mm. I, I'll tell you one other bit I did like as well. Mm-hmm. I did like the start of the last episode when they had the War of the Worlds bit. Mm-hmm. And like, I think the the more that you believe, the more the more you believe, the more you believe. I thought it was a really yeah. interesting idea and like a really interesting way of contextualizing what Mr. World is, mm-hmm. right? And what that, yeah, where he comes from and what that represents in terms of um, this, the fear of the universe or the government of conspiracy of all that sort of stuff that that sort of powers him but it's yeah. just in that scene <laughs> yeah so yeah absolutely i think yeah because war of the worlds um is such a great 
story about the power of media. Like, oh, and so to reference that is so reference. apt and wonderful. And perfect. the way they did, I thought was really good. Agreed. Um, yeah, it's just a shame that it's just a moment of, oh, that's a cool idea. But that's what the show... With that's, no legs. It doesn't, it doesn't have legs. That's so mm. much of the show is, that's a cool idea, zero follow through. Yeah. That's a cool idea, zero follow through. I just don't know how to expand on it for whatever reason. They just don't know how to turn it into anything. They don't yeah. Have, because like the uh, lots of shows have things to talk about, have big ideas, you know, whether it's politics or or social issues or wherever it might be. There is lots to talk about, but they do it through character. Mm-hmm. They don't do it through vignettes. They don't do it through. And also, as a show, you need to realize that you can't talk about everything that you might want to talk about. You need to focus on something. You yeah. need to have a clear message, um, and. Yeah, here I just feel like they're like, yeah, they want to talk about too many things and so they don't actually talk about anything. So how did this go wrong? What, Where is the decision-making going wrong? Is this... Because, what, again, this is interesting. Brian Fuller and Michael Green made season one. There's been a showrunner change here. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Do you remember we reported how the last episode needed massive rewrites and they basically fired the guy and then yeah. had someone else come in and write it and direct at the end? I don't think they had any fucking clue what they were doing at the end of that season. They pulled that together out of nowhere. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I felt that way quite a bit throughout. Um, but, yeah, I guess I was hoping that it would end up somewhere and it didn't. So, um, yeah, so, okay. So, what do we think went wrong? So, is it just the the setup is so bad from what the original showrunners did that the people who are running it now don't know where to go with it? Is there something in the DNA of this story that's just not yeah, allowing I, it to be I think a good story? There needs to be perhaps a further separation from the book author and the show. And do people Do you feel Gaiman's the problem? No, I'm not saying that, but I think um there's like a there's a different way to tell stories there. And I think the book is, from what I remember, is very dense and there is a lot in it. Yeah. Um, and so to try and include much of that is a huge mistake. It bogs down every scene when we have so much law, but we're not really getting information as to how that law necessarily interacts with each other. So I think we've got like probably too many characters. We've got too many threads. It's just such a lack of focus. And yep. so we need to be like, okay, here are our you know, main characters that we are meant to be invested in and care about, this is their journey. At every episode, that will move further and we will have an idea of where perhaps we might be going. But that just doesn't really exist. I want to send the writers a link to Dan Harmon's uh, yeah. story circle. <laughs> just the idea of like mm. how generally stories work. I understand they're trying to do something different here, but sometimes if you start with the basics, then you can break the rules. Mm-hmm. They tried to break the rules from the beginning and they're just, there's no cohesive through line here. It's, yeah, I think you're right. I think maybe what works for a book doesn't work for a television show. Not a book. Like, there's just, there's so many characters and there's so many, like, I mean, even I remember reading the book and so many, like, scenes would be playing out and it took a lot of brain power for me just to imagine what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I think, yeah, we can have fun with visuals and stuff and, like, you know, that is fun stuff to write, I'm sure, as a book author, like mm-hmm. really creating these bizarre things that people have never imagined before. Um, but when you're doing a long-form narrative in in a TV show like this, yeah, we really need to be invested in in what characters are doing. I mean, in the book, 
yeah, Shadow Moon is not a particularly deep character, but we at least hear his thoughts, mm-hmm. his interpretations of what is happening. We don't get that in this show and it's just it's so flat. For something that is trying to be so dynamic, it is so, so flat. Any last words? Final thoughts. That's why you always leave a note. Least favourite and favourite episodes. What was your least favourite episode? Least favourite is all of them but one. <laughs> yep. Fair enough. I'm going to say my least favourite episode was episode eight, Moonshadow. Um, I I think the two notes I wrote for that episode were, who the fuck is Salim? Salim? Because he's just sort of there. Mm-hmm. He, I don't understand. I understand like he's there for Ifrit, but I understand what he's doing in this story. <laughs> yeah. And then I also wrote, what the fuck is happening? Because I'm just like, mm. I'm just fed he's up with just the like show. He's meant point. to be wide eyed and go, and go, what is happening? But then no one gives him a real answer anyway. So, But why do you need that character when that's, isn't that what Shadow Moon should be? Yeah, but Shadow Moon doesn't say anything. <laughs> God. What was your favourite episode, Damask? Uh, the Mad Sweeney one. Just because that was, that was yeah, what the show could be, but sadly isn't. I was going to give my favourite episode to episode six, Dawn of the Great, because like I said, I did appreciate that backstory. I, I, I think I want to reward that episode because it's like, this is what the show could be doing this, but it's not. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to go with you. I'm going to give it to episode seven, um, Treasure of the Sun. Because I'm going to reward Pablo Schreiber for being fucking great. So good. And for when they focus on a character that is a character that has an interesting story. Mm. Um, and I was invested in, like, what was going to happen to him. Like, you know, we see his history and it's heartbreaking. And then I was legitimately, like, when we were back in the present, being like, <gasps> you know, I mean, you know, it's going to be a, a tragedy, but you know, I didn't, wa- I generally didn't want it to be. And that was the only wa- point in this show when I was invested in what was happening. I was really hoping he killed Shadow Moon or Mr. Wednesday because I was <laughs> like, oh, this show just got interesting. Yeah. <laughs> you know totally. what I mean? Like, that would have been cool. Yeah. But no, I did like, I like that he, it's like, for the character, I like that he took away the spear. Yeah. For the show, I'm like, we spent the whole fucking season getting this spear. <laughs> <laughs> what did we achieve? <laughs> Nothing. Yeah. Um, do you have any predictions, hopes, or concerns? I hope you don't ask me to watch season three <laughs> when I predict it's going to be shot. Um, yeah, I actually predict it's not going to happen. Yeah. So, the ratings for this show mm. are worth talking about as well. Let me just okay. quickly refine that. So, doing some research for this, the general consensus is that season two did not work. I don't think there are very many people out there defending season two of American mm. Gods. Um, and when you look back on how this show is rated since it began to now, it's pretty fucking dire straits. Episode one of season one on stars got a 0.975 million people watching, right? Mm-hmm. It dipped down to 700,000 people in episode two and held on to that pretty much all season. It ended um, on 774,000 people watching, right? So not they're not stellar ratings, but it stayed strong. Season two, episode one, opened with 520,000 people. So it already mm, took a 200,000 yeah. people dive, which is not necessarily unusual for season two. But I think the fact that it took two, two years, years to come out geez. didn't help. In fact, I started re-watching season one after watching season two to just sort of like Remember, remind myself yeah. of like some of the events that happened in the show. By the last episode, season eight, it was rating at 272,000 people, which was the lowest of the entire season. Mm. And full 272. on- 272. 
full on half the rating since the season began and one quarter of the people who started watching when the show began. So although season three was it was renewed mm. theoretically at the early on when I think after episode one it was renewed for a third season. Maybe Stars has got nothing else. Maybe this is actually high rating for Stars. But considering the production problems, considering the budget that this must take, mm-hmm. considering how fucking poorly it's rating, I actually don't think we're going to get it. I, I would be very surprised. I don't. I do. I'm not convinced it's coming. Production has been so fucked. And it's been no one is talking about this. Sh- we're one of the only people talking <laughs> about this show, really. Why? It. I just. I honestly don't think it's coming. Yeah. I think everyone should go and read the book. <laughs> I think that's. If you want a conclusion, if you want some resolution, that's where you're going to find it because I don't think it's going to be the show. And oh it, no, I I wouldn't wish the show on my worst enemy. Don't watch the show. Don't watch the show. Don't watch the show. I I I am curious enough to try season three, but we're not going to do it for the podcast. Just we're not. Going really, to. you're going to go back? I'm interested. Okay. I'm a morbid curiosity. Wow. Okay. Laura and Sweeney are a big pull. Not big enough for me. Fair enough. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Hunting Seasons. You can find more of what we do via our website, huntingseasonspodcast.com. Our logo and design work comes from Sean Kirkpatrick, aka at Shawnee Boy Draws. Our theme song from Jordan Calavis and our bumpers from Lucas Heil of Birthday Loyalty Club. Find links to their works in our show notes. You can also find myself, Broderick Gordis, on Twitter at B Gordis, B G O R D E S. Damask? Oh, um, so now that I'm. Oh, teaching yeah. now I have I've turned everything to private so you can still add me and stuff but just while I'm a student teacher it's probably best to be safe just about that don't live in Melbourne uh, and be under the age of about 19 and she'll probably accept you well now all the students are going to change <laughs> there <laughs> no so you can find me at maskymo m-a-s-k-y-m-o-o feel free to like yeah send a request I will approve you I just yeah gotta be a bit safe fair enough uh, next episode we'll be back uh, in two weeks for our 100th episode. Buy me present. To send us any questions, burning questions you might have for us. And or we'll, money. Or, sure. <laughs> uh, to dis- we'll be back to discuss Game of Thrones Season 8. Ooh, ooh, ooh. The final season of Game of Thrones. <laughs> we are also, just a reminder, we are going to do a little spoiler talk on Avengers Endgame at the mm. end of this. So keep listening through um, our end theme song. In the meantime, thank you again for listening. We will see you next time. Bye for now. Bye. So, Masky, we yes. went and saw Avengers Endgame mm-hmm. at the very first possible screening in Australia. Mm-hmm. Uh, at 8am screening. It's Ooh. weird to get up that early to go to the movies. Uh, I felt dead. You felt dead? Yeah, but I quickly woke up. <laughs> Let me tell you. Uh, reminded everybody uh, who's listening, we fucking love the Marvel movies. We're big MCU mm-hmm. fans. Mm-hmm. We really, Always really like Infinity War. Always go to a midnight screening, etc., etc. Exactly. Mm-hmm. For the big ones. For the big ones, yeah. Not for all the of events. them. But the event ones. So certainly um, Avengers Infinity War. Mm-hmm. We saw the first possible screening of that. We loved it. And I think you can find our little review on that on one of our old episodes. Don't remember which one. Mm. Sometime about 12 months ago, kids. <laughs> so, what do you think of Avengers Endgame, Damask? Satisfying. Satisfying is a good word for it. Because, yeah, well, obviously, can't give spoilers to people. It's very rude. And so, you know, people are like, oh, have you seen it? What do you think? And I just, I don't want to give them anything other than to say, like, 
I was very satisfied and I think you will be too. So just to remind anyone listening now, this is going to be a spoiler talk. Yes. Yeah, spoiler talk yep. spoiler, on spoiler, Endgame. Spoiler. If you haven't seen it yet, go see it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, satisfying is a good word for it. And I think that's pretty remarkable, honestly, mm. that it was so satisfying that it was able to hit these conclusions for so many characters and feel like... I felt full. I felt like... Like, if you literally ended the MCU right now and said that was the last film, we're like, you did it, guys. You mm-hmm. fucking... That yeah. was great. It was a great season finale to my favourite television show, basically. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, no, so good. And it's an interesting movie. It's... did it Was it what you expected it to be? No. Uh, it, well, yes and no. I mean, I, I certainly had expectations, um, as I did with Infinity War, and that really subverted them for me. Yeah. Um, which was a really cool experience in the cinema. And this one did the same at the top as well. How cool is that With the sudden <laughs> death of Thanos <laughs> at the very beginning. I was like, oh, wow, okay. And I certainly didn't expect it to be like a time-travelling heist. At all. Didn't see that coming I, at all? I know. You had no- I, I knew it would have something to do with time travel. Sure. Um, because, yeah, the, like Doctor Strange, Shh. all that jazz, blah, blah, blah. I, I assume that's what would be happening. Um, but I just thought that would be to get people back. Yeah. I didn't – yeah, it was – that's the thing. It's like I really didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah. Um, I, I – yeah, not the details, but, you know, you expect certain beats in a film like that. Mm-hmm. And this one, um, yeah, I was I was shocked as it went along. I think I think a lot of the conclusions didn't necessarily surprise me of like no, yeah. deaths and stuff like that. But that wasn't bad because they were all satisfying, I mm-hmm. thought. But certainly how we got there, I didn't see coming. Yes, the yes. journey was, yeah. Thanos' death in the first five minutes mm. is an incredible hand to play. Like mm-hmm. he cut, yeah, Thor cutting off. Uh, Thanos' head and like it's done it's, it's like five years later it's like fucking hell this is like this had yeah. an effect and you know what I love about this movie mm. It, I'm sure it would have been tempting in a lot of other comic book movies they would have just gone with the Infinity Stones we'll go back to when the snap happened mm-hmm. and undo it yep. and they didn't do that Mm-mm. the fact that the five years still happened people everything they experienced those five years is not erased it's still happened yeah it it's genuinely affected people nuts. and yeah. it changed our characters and made them into the, the people that can do what they needed to do yeah yeah to really see a cost was i think a really smart choice yeah just to erase everything would have been a real shame because even though the lots of those did the, the snap itself was undone in terms of all those characters came back to life at the mm. end of the movie which a lot of people said would be cheap because you did the whole, like, these characters live with this for five years and they're all broken mm-hmm. human beings because of it, it's like you still paid off that ending. Yeah. You, yeah, you you paid, yeah, you didn't undo it. It wasn't meaningless. It was meaningful, but we still got those characters back because, of course, we had to. And that's really, really clever. The time high stuff is really fun. I kind of, it's pretty fan servicey the way it's kind of like a victory lap of like, let's just go back to the MCU, our greatest hits sort of thing. But I don't not mind. Not in a way that I just like. Yeah, no, I don't mind that at all. Um, I, yeah, because it was the film to end what had come before, yeah. to go back and do that in a way that does serve plot um, and also, yeah, fun to watch how the characters 
what each of those moments mean to those characters. Um, yeah, it works. Yes, fan service but that's the kind of fan service I'm okay with. Well, I mean, it's like you said, it's the culmination of a comic book series of movies mm-hmm. um, that that is doing stuff with these characters. It's not like it's just... There. This is not a side adventure or anything like that. Yeah, we're revisiting our, our favourite bits from the MCU... Um, but it's do it can we can have fun and we can have the stakes and yeah. have the, and and it, have the consequences. And a lot of well. times it's spoke to how far we have come. Like we yes. have those moments where we see um, Cap interacting one in like the elevator and two just with himself and just like the different. And it's great to have that visual on screen of like fuck that perky little dickhead has no idea the yeah. life he is going to live. Yeah. And Cap, who's like. Been through the fucking wars, literally, <laughs> and like all of all of those experiences that we have shared, those of us who have so loved the MCU, just to like see that, but like you know, I went on that journey just like Surly Cap over there did, and it's it's fun but also poignant to watch. Um, and that butt, oh, that's America's ass. <laughs> it is it's that, the world's ass. <laughs> the just on Captain America for a second, mm. and we should definitely talk about Tony Stark in a second. I think we've talked about this before, but it still amazes me to this day that Captain America is my favourite character in the MCU mm-hmm. because... He's mine too. Yeah, mm. because he could so easily be the boring do-gooder Boy Scout. There's nothing interesting about mm-hmm. this beyond him just being Mr. America, right? Mm-hmm. The idea, his na- The fact that his name is Captain America... It just invites that sort of yeah. expectation. And so to make him... I think Chris Evans does an amazing job. He's just perfect casting. In fact, casting around the MCU is still out of this world. It's ridiculous how good it is. But then um, the moments they come up with him in this movie, the using Thor's hammer, mm. oh. which so many people say is their favorite moment like that, just a moment we've all waited for. It's mm-hmm. wish fulfillment to see him. Mm-hmm. It pays off that little joke in Age of Ultron, yeah. <laughs> which let me tell you, I went back and watched recently. That is not a bad movie. In fact, it might be better than the first Avengers now that I think about it. Really? It's... I mean, I never disliked as much as everyone else seemed sure. to. Um, I didn't have a problem with it, but I, but I haven't watched it in a while. so I think you should watch it again. Mm-hmm. I think it actually might be the most important movie to watch before watching Endgame. Mm. So much of what these characters are doing and talking about, the idea of the suit of armor around the world and like, you know, mm. Tony's just the, the anger and the frustration he has when they're going to kill Thanos. And he's like, we he like, because there was a thing about how, um, what if we fail? It's like, we'll do that together too, is one of Tony's lines. And is one of Steve's lines. And Tony throws that back in Steve's face in this. Mm-hmm. That's a line from Age of Ultron. Yeah. So much of the stuff that has torn them apart, starts in Age of Ultron. Mm-hmm. Is a very, very important film in the MCU now. Perfect. Um, <laughs> the Thor stuff is there. My favourite Cap moment has to be the Hell Hydra in the elevator. Oh, I, that is incredible. The Yeah, the cinema erupted. It when, got a when, cheer. Yeah. Australian audiences aren't necessarily known for cheering. We, no. If you go to an early screening... I mean, that screening is usually a bit rowdier, but yeah, an 8am screening is not. <laughs> but that moment, but yeah. feeling everybody recognised that they were recreating that elevated mm-hmm. shot for shot. Yeah, from when he walks in, everyone just went... Winter Soldier. <gasps> oh, 
because like we know that scene and then he says that and everyone's like oh fuck yes! <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was very good such yeah incredible and one of those things like the Thor hammer you can like expect you could never have expected that scene that is a work of pure genius just yeah love it and then ultimately mm. the ending fucking broke me yeah I mean I've, I've told quite a few people this story um, generally if they ask me what I thought of it I was like, well, so usually in a movie, like the movie ends and then it's like a slow fade up into like the lights turn on as the credits roll. When our screening ended, as soon as the movie ended, the lights went up as the credits rolled. Immediately lights went up. And I knew I was crying, obviously, because I'm me. Um, And (laughs) I was just like, I, I was, I was so happy, devastated, just full of a, a lot. I knew our friend Joel, who was sitting to my left, was crying because throughout the film I heard, <laughs> oh. like, stifling his cries, which was oh. adorable. <laughs> um, and I looked over because you were sitting directly next to me and your brother Liam was sitting next to you on the other side of you. And I looked over and I'm like, oh, it's going to be embarrassing. And I look over and Broad looks at me. With his big Bambi eyes just full of tears streaming <laughs> down his face. And I was like, oh, my God. And then Liam pops his head out from behind you and looks at me as well. And he is bawling. Um, <laughs> we are all just crying. And I'm like, oh, God, it's not just me. Yeah, it was there was a lot of tears. But, yeah, I see Cap is very important to me. Agreed. I I fucking love him so much. Um. He's just this wonderful embodiment of, yes, being honest and faithful and He is just. a perfect representation of what American values are meant to be, Yeah, right? absolutely. That's and, where he lives and, up to that name. And how being that way costs something, mm. but that cost is important to pay because those values really do mean something and they make the world a better place and they – allow you to connect to other people and be someone that people trust and look up to, Mm -hmm. which is rare. And I just think I fucking love him so much. I'm with you. And, yeah, like you said, it's not really the character that I thought that I would ever attach myself to. Never. This, like, white, straight American ideal of a man sounds fucking boring to me. But he is not because he is sweet and he is gentle. can he kill you in a second? Absolutely. But that has nothing to do with who he is as a yeah. person. Um, so, yeah, to have his story end here was beautiful. I'm very happy about it. As soon as we went back and we saw her uh, <laughs> and he was, he was watching her through the glass. Yeah. I was like, oh, he, we're, we're coming back. <laughs> He's going back um, to be with her. So I was glad then when he... So the, you know that's how it was going to happen. Yeah, I knew he was going to go back to be with her. Um, and then obviously at the end when he is going back to like return all the items or whatever, I'm like, he's not coming back, mm-hmm. which was beautiful. I um, I just going on what you were saying about Cap as well, I think the thing that, that sells it ultimately is that he's got all those great qualities right. Mm. But as you said, there's a cost. Mm-hmm. And that's where they, they did so with the character is that you feel that it's not, easy 
right? Yeah. I think if you did Captain America wrong, it would feel yeah. too easy. Superman sometimes feels too yeah. easy in his Boy Scout. Yeah. That's why his line, I can do this all day, is important. It's yes. not because it's a cool line. It's because he is fucking tiny and he is in pain and he could get very seriously hurt if not die. Yeah. And he knows that and he accepts it and he gets up and he says, no, I understand the consequences, but the fight, doing the right thing is more important yeah. than anything else. Yeah. That's why even, that line Even though lot. I struggle, even though I hurt, yeah. I'm going to get up and keep mm-hmm. doing it. And, I'll never fucking give up. Yeah. And so that I thought going to the movie, I was like, either Steve or Cap's going to die or both, mm-hmm. right? And my head, I always hoped the last image of you this movie- You were adamant that Cap was going to die. I was. <laughs> I thought his I thought his arc was over. And I, I was so angry at you about for that opinion. <laughs> and I, I was like, don't even bring it up. Well, take out time travel, which yeah. while we suspected was going to be in the movie, I didn't necessarily think was a mm. definite thing, nor did I. I obviously didn't just wrap my head around that possibility and take it to the nth degree. But I sort of thought he's the, like, especially when Tony had a family in this movie, it was like, no way Tony's dying. I was like, Tony sticks <laughs> around, obviously, and Cap dies, because what else has Cap got? It'll be a mm. heroic end for him. He'll sacrifice himself, and they'll be what? The ultimate Christ figure. Honestly, yeah. I thought it was going to happen right until the very end. I thought he wasn't going to go back, just not come back, right? I thought he was going to go back and do what Steve did so Steve would still live. I thought they were going to, re- I thought that Tony was going to end up living. Right. Oh, I thought oh, wow. he was going to go back to that moment, like a week ago, whatever it was, whenever mm. it was, and, the, and go back and like seeing the devastation, mm. seeing Ooh. how it affects everyone, yeah. seeing how he left um, his daughter. Uh, yeah, his daughter and Pepper. Mm. He was going to put himself in that position. Like, what's he got? Right. Mm-hmm. And then my, in my head, the image was always going to be like, although it would be kind of weird because we haven't seen this sort of afterlife stuff that we did in Infinity War. Now, I think about it, we saw the whole Gamora. Little Gamora and Thanos with the snap, and mm. there was like an afterlife effect going on there. Um, I thought we might see like Cap and Peggy dancing, and they have that dance would be like after death sort of thing. Yeah. So I always hoped that would be the last image, would be them dancing. I never thought it was going to be a happy ending. Yeah. I never thought it, I thought it was going to be bittersweet, not sweet. Mm-hmm. And so to get. Him to get his reward. Oh, cr- I'm going to cry now. And for about it, it to be, and for them to choose mm, that to be the last image. Yeah. Because that's the other thing as well. I want that to be the last image because that was being most meaningful for me. Mm. But there's a million and one images you can go with. It could be an Avengers assembled image. It could be a gravestone of somebody's death. It could be like the uh, clue to the net what's going to happen after Infinity War. But I was like, mm. that would mean the most to me. So when it was that, yeah. I was like, fucking bravo. Mm-hmm. Bravo for understanding that that. Is so important. Absolutely, yeah. Ugh. It's so at the core of who he is, and it it was because obviously there the is there the is so whole much. Avengers yeah, it's like there's so much war and fighting yeah. and all of this stuff. But what it comes down to is like these are characters that we really care about. Yes, and it's about their connections with each other that make the fights matter. And so to see a character like Cap, who is so full of love and giving and all of the beautiful things in the world, for that to be the ending, I was like, yeah, because we care about him as a person. I don't need to see him triumphant. I don't need to see him, his gravestone or whatever it might be. Mm. That is going to mean more to me than any of that other stuff because I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, that's that's what why these movies are special. Tony, Tony and Cap were always the reason I was most anticipating this story. Mm-hmm. Like, of course, I'm interested in like how they're gonna resolve the Thanos thing. I hope it's fun, and it was. But it was <laughs> always like, 
I cannot wait to see Tony and Cap together again, mm. what that looks like, how they resolve that, if they resolve that, where that goes. Because that was the tease Infinity War with the phone, right? It was like these two haven't seen each other in fucking since Civil War. Mm-hmm. It's character stuff. That's the that's why the Marvel Cinematic Universe worked and works. They don't forget that shit. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a big soap opera to some people. Fuck, man. That's why I care. Yeah. What did you think about Tony's death? Um. Ooh. Oh no, I'm just like going setting back, my emotions. Going back there. Yeah, yeah. Sure. No, I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't preparing to say something that you won't like. Um, I was just preparing myself. It was. I yeah. I. I felt like that was where we were going with it. Um. But yeah, I guess to what we were saying before, what really fucking hit home was like. Obviously, Peter's there and he's like very upset. He's like, oh, Mr. Stark. And you see Pepper walk up. Mm. And I was like, get the fuck out of the way, Peter. I was like, <laughs> why are you wasting his last few moments? And finally, she does kind of usher him to the side and she kneels in front of Tony and she says like, you know, we're, we're going to be okay now. Oh, you get emotional. You Just, can rest now. You can rest now. Um, oh, boy. Oh, boy. That, that got me good. Because like, yeah, they're... Their relationship, uh, yeah, has been there from the beginning. The and, beginning. And he has grown so much with her and she has given him so much. Um, I'm glad she was there in that last Me moment. Too. That was that was really special but heartbreaking. I, I'm, I'm impressed that they can, like, he's never had, like, he had Peter, right? Mm. And that was a father-son relationship. And I'm really glad they paid that off when they did. They got their hug and he was he mm. was there and I'm glad it was Pepper last, but that yeah. he was there was good, that resolution. But he net like this kid appears in this one movie, has maybe three scenes total. Mm. And yet I love you three thousand. Fucking I gave a shit yeah. that he was leaving Morgan Ooh. behind. Like And then like that talking about the cheeseburgers and stuff. Oh. And it's just like fucking hell. Good Lord. Do you know apparently his last line was not in the script and in fact was a reshoot. What was his last line? So Thanos says, I am inevitable. And then he says, I am Iron Man before he does his snap. They did not shoot that in principal photography. They didn't know what he was going to say. They hadn't thought of anything. They just let it be nothing. Mm. And then later they thought they figured it out and went, what the fuck are we thinking? (laughs) (laughs) And added in reshoot. And it's perfect. It is perfect. Perfection. Mm. It's so good. Do you have any criticisms of the movie? Um, twenty criticisms. How'd you feel about the Black Widow, uh, Hawkeye stuff? <coughs> yeah, I've seen a bit of criticism about that. Mm. I don't feel that way. Mm-hmm. I think from day dot of these two characters, we have seen that they really love each other. Um, I yeah, this whole thing of like, oh, it's really sad, like that this woman who can't have children sacrificed her life for a man for a white straight man to go back to his family i'm like i mean it's not about that it's about the fact that they're friends and they're both heroes Mm -hmm. and nat loves him and she wanted to do that Mm -hmm. for him um yeah like and her life yeah she couldn't have kids but he was her family Mm -hmm. that was what was important to her um so i thought it was Lovely that she could do that. If if she could, she would. She could, so she did. Yeah. Um, and that's why they loved each other. The 
Uh, the Hawkeye thing is interesting as well because I think there's a lot of people who would have preferred Hawkeye to die and keep Nat around because they prefer Black Widow, right? Yeah. Fuck. Most people probably feel that way. We all agree with that. I think we all agree with that. Who doesn't want Black Widow around? Hawkeye isn't our favorite character. Though, again, if you you watch um, Age of Ultron, and I think in this film too, Hawkeye is actually kind of an interesting character. Mm -hmm. He's got interesting perspectives because he's such a layman so much of the time. He isn't super-powered. His perspective on things is interesting to me Mm -hmm. because of that, but that's a different story. But yes, Black Widow, I would prefer to stick around because I like her more. But... You know, this isn't just about getting what we want. Mm-hmm. There has to be sacrifice and things lost along the way. And I've seen people talk about how they wish they hadn't kept him around because what in the five years he'd become like this like Ronan character, right? He'd gone around murdering things, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And like that makes him a monster and all this sort of stuff and they shouldn't have. Why save him? Yeah, he's got a family, but he's also done this awful stuff. I think the people thing that people forget is that both these characters have been that at different times. Yeah. We just haven't seen it. They've both been monsters like that. Mm-hmm. They've both been paid trained killers. Yeah. That's that's their old life. Mm-hmm. He went back to his old life. Right? Mm-hmm. That's what this story was about. So you can sit here and say he didn't deserve to be saved. You're probably not wrong. But to each other, mm-hmm. their relationship to each yeah. other, it, it And then didn't also, matter. yeah, like that's if you proclaim to love um, Black Widow so much, she believed that she didn't deserve to be saved. Yeah, exactly. And Hawkeye showed her that she absolutely does. Yep. And she's just returning the fucking favour. Yep, yep, yep. It's like, it's like it's a pretty integral part of their relationship that they have spoken about. Um, yeah, so no, I, I, obviously I was sad to lose Black Widow, but yeah, it was a beautiful moment and it broke my heart. Yeah. Uh, what about... Thick Thor. What about Thick Thor? Um, I like that we saw a superhero that was suffering from depression. I thought that was interesting and anxiety and all of that stuff. I've seen that people have some issues with the fat shaming of it um, or the, you know, Rocket slapping him when he's having anxiety attack and being like, that's not how you deal with anxiety. I'm like, how the fuck would Rocket know how to deal with anxiety? Yeah. He's Rocket Raccoon. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think, and I'm not a big person, so people feel free to correct me, but I think, like, it's okay to laugh about when you fall apart. It's okay to laugh about having depression about eating heaps of food it's like him looking like what was it melted something not great but i don't think there was one from rody where he said he was like my something what throws flows through my veins he says like cheese whiz or something like that yeah right yeah i don't i mean i don't i don't love that bit either yeah i don't know like it's a bit cheap yeah, I mean, I know you had issue because you felt like it was a running gag that went for too long. I didn't feel that way. I, I kind of think some of it. I think is I need to see it a second time. I've been, I was hoping to have seen it a second time by the time we talked mm. about it here. I would like to see it again because it's funny. The more I reflect on the movie, the more I like it. Yeah, and the more I think that once I don't have this expectation that like, okay, how long till we get Thor back, right? Mm. That and I appreciate what they were trying to do, which is actually something that's pretty cool and a. 
uh, from what I understand, really motivated from like Chris Hemsworth is really liking what they're doing with Thor now. He's mm-hmm. getting more out of the character. The character is certainly a hell of a lot more interesting than he was in, in Thor yeah. 1 and Thor 2. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I'm kind of glad that we didn't, you know, get quote unquote Thor back. I think I like the fact that his depression lasted. Yes. And, you know, he didn't lose the weight and be like, I'm coming to fight. He's like a bigger guy now. He's clearly got mental health issues and he came to fight and be with his friends anyway. But he's still worthy and he can still fight. Absolutely, he's still worthy. And that's the bit where on reflection and I'm doing some reading, I'm like, no, I totally get that, Mm -hmm. the value in that. And so again, I want to watch it again. There's so much expectation you're going to when you see a movie like this. Mm. And so there's just some things you're like, but I kind of want this. So not knowing that's not going to come, I think I'm going to be able to appreciate it for what, what it is. I did sometimes feel like I did for a long time just think it was a joke, a running joke, mm. until we really until we got to all the Dark World stuff, and I was like, oh, I see what you're going with this now. Um, yeah. Oof. But yeah, yeah. No, I I think overall it's actually a really interesting place to take the character. And a cool thing to put in one of these stories. And while I have seen some criticism for it, I think there is room to criticise it. I've also seen some people... Oh, I'm not hating anyone's criticism. I think it's valid and it's all about perspective. But I've also seen bigger people who felt like they were represented and Mm -hmm. seen. And like, you know, that's pretty cool too. So, it's sort of gone both ways. Uh, Any criticisms beyond that? Did you? How do you think this compares to Infinity War? Or the just in the Marvel films in general? Is this your favourite? Is this somewhere in the middle? Is uh, it- I mean, I have to watch it a bunch more times, yeah. I think, because I've done that with all of the others. True. Um, yeah, I think I prefer <sighs> it to inf- to Infinity War, mm-hmm. um, though I do love that film. But I think just because this is like we get so many resolutions yeah. and huge character moments, um, yeah, so it, I think I prefer it in that way. Where does it rank on my list? I, I, I don't know. I'd have to think about it, I think, and watch it a bunch more times. Mm. Yeah. I, One criticism, though. Sure. Um, uh, so, Carol's hair. I love Carol's hair. It's wrong. What do you mean it's wrong? Um, so, it's poorly styled and it's too thin. It's it's badly done. Okay. So, I don't mind, like, necessarily the style, but sure. like, that big wave thing or whatever. Thing she's got going, yeah. yeah. It's badly done. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's my criticism. I found it distracting. Sure. Mm. Um, for me, I think, compared to Infinity War, I think they're very different movies, surprisingly. Mm. Like for big group up team action hero films. I think Infinity War is like a really lightning paced, great romp of a film, right? With a great surprising ending. Romp. And a re- Jeez. And a really good... Like, it's a great villain movie for Thanos. Actually, if that was my one criticism of Endgame, Thanos was so well fleshed out in the first one, mm-hmm. and then he's just he is killed off early. But then we still get this younger Thanos that there's a line when he comes back and um and uh what's her name? Scarlet Witch says, mm-hmm. like, I will end your world or whatever. He's like, I don't know you. And he's yeah. like, You will. It's like the thing is he doesn't know you. Yeah. And there is something a bit and it, it doesn't. He doesn't have to be a great villain because mm. it's very much about our hero's journey. Yeah, I, was thinking, in the story. Like, I don't think we need anything more from him because then it's all about their own trauma and their own experience and experience and how they are dealing with that. Yeah, they don't need to have a big confrontation with him. It's not about him. It's about what he did and how that affected them. And that's yeah. where it's a great film like that. I guess it would just be. It could have been 
slightly better if I felt like this was the Thanos from the last movie. Do you know what I mean? Like, it would have yeah. been nice to have that Thanos in the resolution Context somehow. Context within the big battle. Yeah, yeah, yeah just it, 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 uh-huh. This is a different Thanos to the one we had, so we don't have any real connection to him, so you don't get that same investment in his ultimate demise. Mm, mm-hmm. That happens early on, and it's an amazing um, sort of surprise the way they deal with it. That's perfectly satisfying and shocking at the same time. But yeah, it does change the way the ending feels a bit. I should also ask... In terms of just like the big like everybody appearing again through the um, the portals from Doctor Strange and the other mm-hmm. wizards or whatever, what did you feel? Did you enjoy that moment? Did you enjoy? Because you're not a, mass- a massive action person. There's just a when lot- everyone appeared. Yeah, yeah, I was fully erect. <laughs> I was so excited. We got our first Avengers assemble from Cap. Two. Cap gets all the best moments in this film. I'm yeah. just saying, <laughs> it's a perfect addition. Cap ending. Um. Yeah, no, I, oh, it was a big moment. It yeah. was so exciting. Um, oh, yeah, like just it makes me excited just thinking mm. about it. And like I can hear the music in my head mm. and it's just like, fuck yeah. That theme as well, over the course of all these mm-hmm. movies, that Avengers theme, I remember people criticizing that, that they didn't have a really good theme in the first Avengers. And I think maybe just we weren't used to it yet. We mm. always expect these things to take off and be like, oh, it's nowhere near as yeah. recognizable as Indiana Jones and Star Wars. You've had your entire life to love those themes. <laughs> True. You think Avengers now? You know that Avengers yeah. theme. Well, you know it. Yeah, and then the, and you just see that like sweeping shot of them all in the circle in the first Avengers yeah. film. That's yeah, totally. Totally iconic. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, I think this rates really highly. Mm-hmm. I think it does. Probably, I need to see it again. As much as I like Infinity War, I think it does rate above Infinity War because. Because it's so much resolution, because it's so character driven, yeah. right? The fact that it, they were able to resolve it well, it's like well, there's another property that right now that's on the air that is coming to the its almost ten year conclusion, and I'm going to suggest that it's struggling a bit to really satisfy its what audience. What property is this? Game of Thrones. Oh yes, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> and so it's been interesting that these things are happening quite mm. close together. Mm-hmm. The end of the MCU or the original sort of Avengers and then the end of Game of Thrones at the same time, both are hugely popular. Both have had a lot of a lot of content. Mm. Both have a lot of expectations. I'm going to say it's remarkable how well they pulled it off with, um, with Endgame. I think I like it more than Civil War. Again, because it's like mainly because Civil War is important to get to this point, but it's payoff for Civil War. Yeah. It's it's my favorite Avengers yeah, it's, movie. It's like it really recontextualizes so much of it makes everything, everything better. It, it makes, makes Thor: The Dark World better, which is crazy because Thor: The Dark World <laughs> is not a great film. It makes Civil War better. It makes mm. um, Age of Ultron better, which I had written off as being the bad Avengers film. It is not, mm-hmm. and now is a crucial Avengers film. It's very good. <laughs> yeah, well, no, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> um, like it, it serves the whole thing better. Mm. Uh, the only one that it really competes with in terms of being, I still will always have an extremely soft place in my heart for Guardians of the Galaxy 1. Fair enough. That's the only mm-hmm. one that might beat it in my rankings. Mm. That's it. But that might change too. We will see. Yeah. Yeah. Because I love so much of Cap stuff. Yeah. Um, he doesn't have a bad movie. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd have to go back and rewatch. Have you watched the first Avenger recently? Captain America's first Avenger? Uh, probably a few months ago, six months ago or something. It's really good movie. Yeah, it's fucking great. I rewatch it like as often as I can. It's really without ruining really it for myself. Really good. It's incredible. And like 
Yeah. You love him straight away. Straight away. Straight away it's you love him. You're like, how good I am in this. And Peggy. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, you know what's so great beautiful. casting? If you're going to have a character who's going to come in and be part of someone's origin story but killed off early and you meant to care about them, cast Stanley Tucci. Yeah. Like, that'll do it. <laughs> yeah, totally. The Tucci will get you yeah. there. The Tucci will always get you there. The future of the MCU now. Mm. Are you excited for more MCU? Or are yes. You, you don't, you're not full. You don't feel like you just should end it now. Do you have optimism about that? You if think like this- going forward the movies get worse and worse... That's cool because I've had this perfect chunk. Yeah, totally. You happy. can never take that away, totally, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I, you know, I am excited about where everyone else is going. The people that we still have around, I'm excited for that. So, There's so you many know, I'm, characters. That- I'm in. I'm in until they start getting bad. Totally. Mm. I think th- it would be pretty incredible if, like, just every ten years they were able to just like reboot or refresh this series and go, "Cool, we've told our stories with these characters. They're done. Mm-hmm. But these ones that we've already introduced a little bit." You know, they're going to pick up where this world got left off at the end of the last phase and mm-hmm. get ready for a bunch of stories of these yeah. characters and keep Just it going. Just like Degrassi. Just like Degrassi. It's a winning formula. <laughs> Just like Degrassi. Just like the comic books mm-hmm. to some degree. Although the comic books characters never really die or stay dead. They always come back. But new characters introduced and you find new stories to have. And mm-hmm. be fucking impressive. I like this whole thing. The MCU to now is a miracle. It is. Some, no, I can't believe it. <laughs> some people have talked about like being the greatest cinematic achievement. A lot of people feel a bit silly about that because, you know, these aren't like Oscar winning incredible films. But if you look at it in terms of like that, they were able to pull this huge thing off and make it not just work, but be really good mm-hmm. is very, very cool. And the idea, if they can do it twice, <laughs> they mm. can do another good 10 years. Holy fuck. But Pixar had 10 good years and now Pixar are kind of just whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm not convinced yet that Marvel can do another 10 years, but I hope they can. I'd be very excited by that. 10 years is a long fucking time. It just is a long time. To get time. one 10-year chunk is very, very good. Yeah, I just like, you know, when people say, you know, they feel embarrassed about acknowledging it as, you know, one of the greatest cinematic achievements of all time. I'm like, sure, I don't know. Like, who's who's to say? But this has been... The most fun, the most exciting cinematic thing I have ever been a part of. It, it's, it was unimaginable. Mm-hmm. And now it's like an integral part of how I take in stories. It's cool to think that we got to live through it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we mm-hmm. were there. We saw Iron Man when it came out. Yeah. And 10 years later, we're like, fuck, this thing's still going. And it's, mm-hmm. it's great. We were, fucking, we were the kids who... You know, got to experience new Harry Potter books. Harry Potter. I still... We got... Like, I still... Yeah, think about... I saw this the other day. Someone was saying, which of these things, like... Like, what are you happy you were alive for? And I Mm -hmm. really think I was the perfect age for Harry Potter. Yeah, me too. Like, Harry Potter to me right now, the stuff they're doing with Harry Potter now, I just choose to ignore. (laughs) It's terrible. Yeah. But at the time, when those books were coming out, I'm so lucky to have lived through that age. Those books are fucking good. Oh, they're great. They're good books. And to, like... Wait for a new one and then go through it and read it so you could talk about it talk about it with everyone the next day at school. It was so exciting. And then we also got to experience like this thing that turned into the MCU just like mm. emerge from the ocean into a newly evolved species. <laughs> it's fucking amazing. Very cool. We did get very, very lucky. lucky. Yeah. 
Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.